0: Movies with Rob and Zach. This is a podcast about cinematic oddities where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, null, or off kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally, these projects gel, most times, they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic swamp.
1: I'm Zach, and I dropped my burrito on some train tracks. This week, we are continuing along with our Unexpected Love series. That's where we have movies that at least one of Rob and Zach loves, and when we tell people that, they give us a, really? Something along those lines. So, I think we should kick off, once again, Zach, with, uh, as everybody knows, we're discussing That's My Boy, the, uh, yes, the Adam Sandler movie. I think when people see that title, they're going to say, really? But there's the extra layer of who loves this movie? So should we have our audience scream out again, like we made them do last week? Oh, definitely. Okay, so wherever you are listening to this, you know, it could be in your home, in your car, at work. Could be, you know, while you're uh, talking to someone else. I don't know if if you do that. Just right now, scream out, who do you think loves, that's my boy. Just as loud as you can. Louder. <laughs> Where's
0: the math? <laughs> All Where's right. Swiper.
1: <laughs> Keep screaming. Swiper, no swiping. Swiper no Rob. swiping. swiper! no swiping. Rob, no loving. Zach, no loving. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Would you like to tell the audience this week who loves that's my boy? Folks, it is your humble host, Zach,
0: who loves That's My Boy, the 2012 Adam Sandler,
1: Andy Sandberg film. I think this is well, I think we talked about it last week as well, when we read our lists to each other to get a feedback from from, you know, us on which movies we the other one thought was like, oh really? Um when I said adventures in babysitting, Zach was kind of like, Oh, okay, yes, I'm interested. Why why would you love that? And when Zach went through, you know, what I think you s- said titles of dancing movies at me for thirty-five minutes. Something and like then that. and then you said that's my boy, I was immediately like really <laughs> so it just it just hit the nail right on the head for this series um zach sent it my way for me to check out i think as as he said before um there's there's a little sense of uh maybe timidity with me in comedies ever since another adam sandler film uh married with children but i watched it i texted zach i have no idea why you love that's my boy and then the immediate next text, I wrote him, I also don't know why I love That's My Boy.
0: <laughs> Rob, come on. It's men, women, and children, not married with children.
1: Oh, did I say married with children? Jeez. I'm trying to forget that movie so bad.
0: <laughs> what a novice, folks. He can't even remember. they got the best movie ever made. Which I didn't even <laughs> think about the fact that it's an Adam Sandler movie. Go! F- I didn't even think about that. Men, women, and children is such more the oddity than it is any one specific actor's
1: yeah, definitely. and And I guess it's good for this week's episode, and that's my boy. We're not looking at a serious Adam Sandler performance. We're looking at one of his comedies, which is I, I think something that we we have to start with. You know, I don't think we had the ever had the chance to really dive into Adam Sandler. But you know he's he's known for his comedy. And I think everybody when they think of Adam Sandler, they think of the older ones like um Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison. Grandma's boy to a lesser extent because he's not in that one but it is a, a happy Madison production or whatever his studio is called um but I was kind of surprised that one Zach loved this and Zach even recommended it because I, I can't really pinpoint when but somewhere along the line I just started to see Adam Sandler is kind of like a a a washed a washed up kind of comedian maybe it was with grown-ups maybe it was with you know um the Judd Apatow movie, Funny People, which I know is a little more serious, but I eventually just kind of totally put Adam Sandler out of my mind. Like, I remember hearing about That's My Boy back when it came out in 2012, but I had no interest in seeing it. We talked about pixels last week. I have no interest in pixels. And I was kind of shocked when I saw That's My Boy, and it really gave me, like, the classic Adam Sandler comedy vibe. Do you have that history with Adam Sandler or was this kind of just a, I I guess you say, how did you even come into contact with this movie?
0: Oh, Rob, I'm so glad you asked that question. (laughs) Um, Before we get into this, though, I do want to kind of give this a framework uh, or or some sort of structure, because as I say, I do with every episode of Cinemades, I always go and do some research on like what other people think of this movie. Sure. And the, and I think Rob's research probably told him the exact same thing. Is that this movie is spit upon because it is just it's offensive on every level. It's it's the it's punching down. It's the worst. Uh, there's no rebe- redeemable qualities to this. Never mind humor. And I'm just putting it out there. All those people can um. What's the most elegantly, ways, elegantly way to say this? Go fuck themselves?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I have found, like, every source said that this is one of the worst movies ever. And I guess that's just becoming a theme on Cinemodities. Anything with this title, you know, I'm thinking Agili, uh, we like to reevaluate and, and look at again. Maybe for the first time or, or you know, uh, on a second or third or fourth viewing. With the, uh, as Zach said, you know, a lot of people point out the offensiveness of this movie. Uh, it certainly is offensive. While I was watching it, both times, I expected Mariska Hargitay to bust into my apartment, not even the movie, <laughs> my apartment, and, like, start yelling at me um, for watching this movie. But it's not in, uh, as, you know, I think Red Letter Media put it, it's not pathetic and pitiful. I would say it's its the furthest thing from that. It's almost more satirical.
0: Oh, yeah, that's the thing that—okay, Oh, oh, God. because that's the weird thing with this movie is that everybody's so busy attacking it. And I'm talking more about like 2012 when it came out, the summer of 2012. And everybody forgets that, like, back during that time period in the long, long forgotten period of eight years ago, that we were not in the hyper politically correct Mm -hmm. era that we're in now. And I think it's because of the people who said, you're not allowed to laugh at this movie are the people that are now responsible for what we have now. And that like comedy is so policed and censored by the media. Yes. This was kind of like a canary in the coal mine where it's like, Oh, if you don't like it and you don't find it funny, that's fine. But you can't say that it's wrong for other people to laugh at it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I I think that's, you know, something that really stood out to me from the red letter media half in the bag review was they were like, Adam Sandler thinks it's funny to make, or think it's good or whatever to make fun of uh, everyone. And they, they took that, they said that was almost like a bad thing. And I'm like, that's, that's what com- comedy should be. It's making fun of everyone. No one is, you know, beyond reproach for these things. That's the concept of comedy, I would say.
0: Yeah, but that's okay. I'm glad you brought up the red letter media thing because just, uh, the context with them is that back when Jack and Jill came out in November of 2011, they did a two-part, like, oh, God, I don't even want to call it, like, an expose, but they really went through and kind of tore Adam Sandler apart in the sense of, like, talking about, like, all this, the, oh, God, the crafts product placement mm-hmm. and how there really is no substance to that film. It's just there to sell things, and it's it's really well done. To this day, I still, like, read articles, and anytime, like, Adam Sandler comes up, a lot recently with Uncut Gems, people will highlight how blatant the product placement was in Jack and Jill, how that was kind of like a tipping point for him,
2: mm-hmm. where okay. a
0: lot of people just kind of said like enough. And I do think like as odd as it may sound, red letter media is is a weird vanguard now when it comes to film criticism. So when they say something, it does have an impact on like I don't know whether it be I don't think culture, but at least when it comes to film culture like on, I'm sorry, online film culture. That's the sure. right way to describe it. And so they attack Jack and Jill. And Jack and Jill for the most part deserves to be attacked. A couple nights ago it was actually on TV at like three in the morning. And I started watching <laughs> it. And I get why they attack that film along with everybody else. Because it is, there's really it's it's really an obnoxious film. It's it's just it's over the top like in the worst way possible. And that's my boy is over the top too, but it's a much more coherent film. And I think it's so odd that I think maybe that's my boy got sucked kind of into the black hole of Jack and Jill that people were just so primed to hate Adam Sandler. And I've never to answer Rob's question that he initially asked. I've never had a problem with Adam Sandler. I'm kind of the opposite of most people. I don't like his early comedies. I don't like Happy Gilmore. I don't like the the one where he uh, Billy Madison. Mm-hmm. I don't really care for Mr. Deed's or uh, eight what's it, Eight Crazy Nights. Yeah, I, I don't like any of those. The first Adam Sandler movie that I think I genuinely loved was Anger management with Jack Nicholson.
1: Oh, I haven't seen that in forever.
0: <laughs> oh, that I, I, that is one of my all-time favorite comedies. and yes, Jack Nicholson brings a lot to the table in that he definitely props up Adam Sandler but i that was like my, back in the day that was like my favorite comedy of all time everything about that movie just tickled me on every level and then i think the next sandler movie i really kind of latched onto was uh, you don't mess with the zohan oh sure and that's that's I, th- I think that's a genuine classic and that does show up enough now on a cable that people really can't deny just how great that film is mm-hmm. and and by great i mean like in the canon of Adam Sandler films, yeah, yeah, and I remember the next Adam Sandler film I saw after that was just Go with It with Jennifer Aniston, and even though that's that's less like a plot driven, like whereas That's My Boy and you don't mess with the Zohan are, it's just Adam Sandler with a bunch of people, like those kids involved, and they do stuff, and he falls in love at the end, mm-hmm. and. I like that movie. It has a couple of good moments in it. I have no problems with it. And after that, like Jack and Jill came out. I'm like okay, and like I saw the horrible reviews and I'm like, yeah, this sounds bad. Like as a train wreck, it's fascinating to to dissect, but mm-hmm. it really is one of those films that's more it should be looked at as like a post-mortem And how not to make a film with product placement Okay, It's a cautionary tale If you're a studio executive And you want to pay for the movie through product placement But then when That's My Boy came out I remember when it came out in the summer And I forget I can't remember the first time I saw this movie But I know I got it for Christmas that year on DVD And ever since then I've absolutely loved this film. Like I, it's. I know Rob talks about like he'll, like he has his like rotation of certain films he'll just put on, because it's just like oh I watch this once a year, I watch this every six months. Mm-hmm. That's my boy's never been that way with me. I just kind of like forget about it, and then like a couple of years later, I'm like oh that's my boy, and I watch it and I fall in love with it all over again.
2: <laughs> and
0: because when I suggested this to Rob, or before I even suggested it, I put I watched it the first half of it, and I was just dying. And in preparation for this recording, I actually, I watched it one full time and I started re-watching it again today. And I was starting to laugh at it even more the third time than I did the first time. <laughs> right um, I, 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 I guess we should say too, like we talked about with men, women, and children, how subjective comedy is. And just to give people, considering this is one of my choices, when it comes to like studio comedies or just any sort of broad comedies for mass audiences, I don't find anything funny. As you know on this podcast, I like very niche things, and even worse, so when it comes to like things I, I think are funny, and so like so many broad comedies just don't do anything for me. Like The Hangover, I remember seeing that uh, Cameron Diaz movie where she's a, a bad teacher. I remember mm-hmm. my mom wanted to see that, and I, we saw it in theaters. I just sat there. I'm like, none of this is funny. And it's like, oh, Justin Timberlake is dry humping her. Ha 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 ha. And then he, he he jizzes in his pants, ha, ha ha ha! And it's funny because he's wearing pants and you can see the stain in his jeans. I'm like, how how is that funny? I'm like, I, I don't get how that's funny. It's like, oh, he's dry humping her. Of course he's not. You're he's gonna have a stain there. Why wouldn't he have it? Like, sure. like, I don't get the comedy in that. Um, and it's like, oh, she's bored while she's dry humping while he's dry humping her. Well, she would be bored because she's not. Why would she feel be feeling any pleasure from that? Like and everybody's. <laughs> I remember sitting in the theater and everyone's just howling. And I'm like, I don't get it, man. Like this, this isn't for me. Yet I watch this and you have Adam Sandler at like the 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 day spa and he like they're all walking away and like he turns around to like one of the like oh God, masseuses, he's like, you gotta promise me, you gotta promise me you'll show your tits to my son. And I'm just like, I am rolling like on my sides, like clutching myself, trying to contain myself because I'm just dying laughing at that weird bizarro non sequitur.
1: I, I think that that's a great point to bring up because I think that's why I found so much uh, enjoyment from this movie because it's the first movie I've seen Since like the the older Adam Sandler's that I do like, especially I I do enjoy Billy Madison because Adam Sandler's actually playing like a full fleshed out character. And it's all those little moments where he's acting as, you know, Donnie Berger in this movie that he's established Donnie Berger would act as. And it's great. You know, it's like that that in and of itself is funny. It's a great full character. And that's something I don't think we get a lot from comedies. Like you said, it has to be those weird, awkward moments that, you know, that are just going to play for like the raunchy laughs. Where this isn't really a movie filled with jokes, I would say. It's more of a movie filled with situations that our characters find, uh, get themselves in.
0: Yeah, and, and the situation has become more and more bizarre just out there at times. Like there are certain things in this, and we we'll def- I don't want Rob to sit there ruin the big thing that comes toward the end of this movie, the, the last big reveal, because <laughs> Rob has a tendency of just kind of like throwing these things out there all willy nilly.
1: I'll say the quote right now. <laughs> <laughs> no
0: don't. secret tickle time. Um, that okay. That might be my favorite euphemism for sex ever. Secret Pickle Tickle time. time. you have a name for it? <laughs> <laughs> like, everything about this movie, like, a lot of times when it comes to comedies, you watch, like, comedies have a very specific formula they follow, like, okay, you have to put a lot of jokes into the first third, then you have to, like, slow it down, let your audience catch their breath by, like, eh, about, like, halfway through, mm-hmm. and then you kind of pick it up, like, when you hit the two-thirds mark, and then by the last, like, 20 minutes, there's no comedy at, at all, and it's just... Reconciling what the characters have to do. Yeah, yeah. And with this, I would say the comedy never stops because it's weird that, like, yes, this movie is plot driven, but this movie doesn't seem to be concerned with any really plot element other than making the audience laugh. Because, yes, we do have a resolution. I guess we should give some plot synopsis at some point soon. But it seems more concerned with just like making us laugh as opposed to following any sort of like conventional wisdom when it comes to a comedy,
1: when you're making a comedy. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's cohesive in that way, for sure. And we do have to give a plot synopsis because I definitely you know, have some thoughts about the structure of this movie and why it ends up working so well. But before we get off the topic of Adam Sandler, I think the two that came to mind, two movies that I wanted to get your thoughts on, do you ever see The Wedding Singer?
0: I've never seen that.
1: Okay. Uh, and then uh, I know... You've seen fifty first dates. It might have been in Italian though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can I please tell the story of that? Yes. Of, of okay. course. <laughs> All right. I remember Fifty First Dates. Uh, Rob and I had an Italian teacher in high school and she had a copy that was dubbed in an Italian. Mm-hmm. And at one point, like she made us watch it. And I turned around to the whole class and go, Why is it they're speaking Italian in Hawaii? And yes. I got the dirtiest, dirtiest look from everybody. <laughs> and I'm like, nobody has a sense of humor. Nobody has a sense of humor anymore. Yeah, and I'm like, and I'm like, you people don't deserve me. It's like <laughs> what? It, it's like the uh, Hannibal Burris meme. It's like, why are you booing me? I'm right. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. it, it's it's really at that point. I'm like, you, you know what? You people deserve each other. You deserve to rot. Um, but yes, yeah, I, I I fifty first dates, it's fine. At least it's a unique premise. Yeah. But it's still that same thing. It's just like two people. It's Adam Sandler playing a dude, not a character.
1: Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that in a while, but um I think I, I think I enjoyed it when I was younger. Um, but it kind of fell off the face of the earth, you know, as, as I got older. I don't even think I have a copy of it on any of my hard drives or anything like that. But it's not um, a broke one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One copy on each hard drive. Um, I, I, While we're on the topic, though, because, yes, um, Zach and I, well, we weren't in the same class of Italian that year. We had the same teacher, and that was just what she did for a unit, was show us that movie in Italian, <laughs> I think. Um, But while we're on the topic, um, I I did want to say, it, it's going to lead up to what I think might be the funnest fact we've ever had on Cinemodities, I, I don't know, I'm sure, yeah, and so, if if you ever look into the history of Adam Sandler, and you kind of know, well, how did he get famous, you know, when did people really start to notice him, and who was his partners in crime, if you think about that today, what, you got Rob Schneider, you got Kevin James, David Spade, all the people that are in the grown-up movies and stuff, grown-ups movies and stuff like that, um, but if you look back enough, and still, to this day, I was, he was even on a, I think, a producer, or an executive producer on That's My Boy, you'll consistently see the name Tim Hurley. And Tim Herlihy is the the writer of The Wedding Singer in a lot of those early Adam Sandler movies. And Tim Herlihy is even the one uh, that wrote stand-up for Adam Sandler when they met each other in New York University way back in the day. But prior to meeting Adam Sandler, Tim Herlihy graduated from high school in 1984. And 26 years later, both Zach and Rob graduated from the same high school. Isn't that crazy? Oh really?
0: Oh, I, I didn't know that. Wow. Yes.
1: So Tim Hurley grew up in Poughkeepsie, New York, and graduated from Arlington High School in 1984. And like I said, 26 years later, Zach and I graduated from that same high school wow how about that so i i could not find any other famous alumni other than us and tim herlihy from <laughs> uh, from ahs but but that's our connection to adam sandler <laughs>
0: how about that cool no rob that's a connection to that that's my boy
1: yes sure <laughs> so so yeah i think that's the the funnest fact uh that we've ever oh, had cool. on cinemodities that uh we were we were a few uh, maybe a generation after uh adam sandler's writing partner
0: I like that. We were, we, we, we entered the high school 20 plus years after he graduated.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, I don't know if they'll ever graduate anybody famous again after us. (laughs) No, no, never again.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, Rob. So what is the plot to That's My Boy?
1: So, uh, Donnie Berger, as a, as a middle school student, I believe. It's weird.
0: It's, it's hard to tell, but I think he's in eighth
1: grade. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, He's going through puberty and he has a crush on one of his teachers Mrs. M- McGarical I think yep. it is I kept wanting to say McGillicuddy for some reason but oh. it's McGarical and he has a crush on her he overtly flirts <laughs> with her right in the hallway and then she he has to go to detention because of it and in detention in front of another student she comes on to him and they end up having an a uh, a uh, uh, a
0: sustained sexual affair.
1: Yes, a sustained... That's a great way to put it. Sustained sexual affair that ends up with, uh, one, it becoming public knowledge that they're having uh, sex with each other consistently and a pregnancy. Donnie Berger becomes so, a celebrity because of this while Miss McGarrickle goes to jail for 30 years. And the custody of the child is given to Donnie Berger and his father. And then uh, when... The kid turns 18. The kid's name is Han Solo Berger. It's the coolest fucking name ever, right? He, oh, yeah. he decides to leave and finds his own name for himself, uh, Todd Peterson. He tries to distance himself from Donnie Berger, the, the wild celebrity. We go ahead in time where Donnie Berger all washed up. He owes $43,000 to the IRS in back taxes Told to him by his tax attorney, played by Rex Ryan, <laughs> the guy who coached the fucking New York Jets when Mark Sanchez was around. It's the strangest cameo I think I've ever seen in a movie. It's great. It's great. <laughs> Forty-three grand Adam Sandler owes, and he doesn't have the money, and he thinks he can he or he, he knows he can get the money if he reunites his family at the women's prison where Miss McGarrickle is still in jail. He goes to find his son, uh, the son and him kind of rebond with each other, and then, you know, things fall apart, things come back together, and that's kind of what we were saying about the, the usual comedy, you know, reconciliation at the end. So that's that's the plot. I, I know that the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie is very much kind of anchored in the, oh, I need this 43 grand, I gotta pay off my back taxes, but something that I really enjoyed about this, and it was it was apparent to me the second time I watched it, the middle, like the middle 80% of the movie is not concerned with this at all. It's really about Adam Sandler just trying to get back in the good graces of his son. And and kind of being a, a true father figure. And in turn, Andy Samberg, who plays his adult son, realizing that his, his dad that he hated and kind of ran away from isn't that bad of a dude. He was just – he's just a different person. And that's where I think this movie really gels because, yes, there's the superstructure of, oh, we got to get this thing done. But it's really more just to get the plot moving at the end. I really love the whole middle chunk of this movie where it's just, you know – adam sandler as donnie Berger, pretending to be uh his son's best friend because the family thinks his parents died in an explosion and it it really works well he's playing a great character and and i dig it
0: yeah rob said perfectly um the rex ryan cameo is the greatest thing ever i I was
1: uh, i the first time i watched it i was like i know who that is that looks so familiar and then i was like oh it's the dude i've seen like with my while my dad watched football when i was in high school you know Oh, it's so great.
0: Like, even the Tom, because the whole movie takes place in Massachusetts. Yeah. And I, I, oh my God. Like, I'm not a sports person, Rock can tell you that, though. But, like, Adam Sandler picks up a chair in the office and throws it. It's like, <laughs> come on, man. Not my Tom Brady poster. That's my favorite one. Yeah. Just look at that chin and the perfect amount of scruff. Like, I was, like, I'm like, just lag. Come on, Donnie. Don't screw up my Tom Brady poster. It's my favorite one.
3: Look at that jawline. Just the right amount of scruff.
0: I was laughing my ass off. Then, like, he starts, like, kicking his desk. He's like, come on. And there's, like, a bobblehead of Bill Belichick. (laughs) Come on, man. Not the genius. I'm just, like, it's fabulous. It's, like, it's one of those things where if you are going to do reference comedy, Mm -hmm. which is definitely super popular now, like, with things like Family Guy and just, like, the internet culture we live in, you got, if you're going to reference something it has to be something that's so seismic that it will resonate with with, like throughout the years. Yeah. And that's what you have to do. Like you have to pick Tom Brady and Bill Belichick to to this day are still relevant in the pop culture. And it works. I think about that joke works just as well now as it did eight years ago.
1: Oh yeah. And I, I wasn't even thinking about that way, but you're, you're absolutely right. I I do love that aspect of it. It really struck me as, you know, um, we said it back in our house Two episode with the Ratzenberger cameo it's like th- this is the right way to do a cameo, you know. Have Rex Ryan there for one big scene, and that's really all he's in it. And just use him in like, like you said, in an appropriate way with that seismic kind of, you know, everlasting joke. It's it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, and that's just like what, like that's what a two three minute sequence in a two hour long film.
1: Yeah, 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 and it even it works so well because this is after our, our you know, our opening. Our opening is all young. Donnie Berger having sex with the teacher and stuff like that, and then the, the trial. And then we get the, the title sequence, and then it goes to basically this scene. And even in that whole, you know, we got Rex Ryan doing the Patriots jokes, it works so well also because, you know, you have the establishment of who Donnie Berger is now. Because up to that point, he's just a kid who, you know, had sex with his teacher. And the teacher was, you know, the one who kind of came onto him in the the meaningful way. But you you have those scenes where it's like Adam Sandler is so out of touch with kind of everything. Cause he's been this just tabloid celebrity for so long. I I died laughing at the line where it, Rex Ryan is like, what about your kid, Han Solo burger? Can you reach out to him? And he's like, oh, we haven't talked in years. And he goes, why don't you Facebook him? And Donnie burger says, I can't afford that shit. What you think I'm a billionaire. And it's like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's hilarious, but it sets it up so well. It's like, that's how out of touch this dude is with the real world. Why don't you just Facebook them? I can't afford that shit.
0: What am I, a billionaire? Like that's that's a thing, though. Like even in that sequence, there's so much com. Like it's so fast paced. Like a couple of times because I was rewatching this, I had to turn the subtitles on because I'm laughing and I'm missing <laughs> stuff because it's going by so quickly.
1: Oh yeah, um, yep. it's just, my it, my it's, hallmark of a fantastic comedy, something that you you're laughing so hard you miss some jokes. That's always a good sign.
0: It is because it's just there's so much going on. It's not like that like type of comedy where it's just the one note again and again and again and again. It's just it's so like, and I know a lot of people don't like it for this reason, but it's like the comedy's coming at you from so many different angles.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
0: you're laughing at one thing, then, out of nowhere, somebody else has something that's almost like almost not, again, non sequiturs. There's these comments that the characters make that make the kind of come out of nowhere, but oddly enough, kind of like just connect in. And there's these random things happening in the corner you wouldn't realize until so you rewatch it. Yep. Like this is a strangely, oddly dense film.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I guess, you know, I, I one of the things that I read is that this movie gets a lot of flack for, um, as as they have put it, glorifying, you know, pedophilia. Or, you know, not— statutory, ra- statutory rape. Statutory rape is probably the best way to put it, yes. But it, it's like the—but that's really only in the opening. That's just kind of the setup for this movie. And the second time when I watched this, it, it was kind of like— Oh, the opening just works as satire like it's so over the top like especially with him becoming a celebrity because of this not just like oh people knew about him in the papers for a week like he's a long lasting celebrity that and you know the whole school cheering for him when they're having sex behind like the the student body (laughs) you know it's like that is so off the wall that that is what like satire is and as we've said before a good satire tricks people into thinking that it's real. And so every time I was reading, people were like, oh, this is so offensive. Like, this older woman is having sex with a, a younger boy. Like, that's so offensive. It's like the movie's making light of it. And it's like that's that's just means it's doing its job.
0: But that's the thing. Okay, I want to address... The whole idea of the statutory rape thing Because as I was like like Rob said you read reviews for this and everybody's just So hung up on that aspect of the film Mm -hmm. And we should point out the fact that I think Rob said it better than I'm going to But it's like We've all seen those stories And it's a reality of the society We live in now and even back in the past Like you see those stories about the Gorgeous like 25 year old teacher that, Like the story comes like oh she was like Messing around with her underage students Mm -hmm. And if it was a male teacher doing the same thing with a female student, the male teacher would be locked away forever.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, I think there, there's a one of the older episodes of South Park does it perfectly, where I think oh, the, okay. the female student what I, has sex with Ike or something yes, like I, that, yes. and everybody, even the police and the lawyers, who found found find out about this, they're like, nice, nice.
3: You, you did the right thing, telling the police, Brad. Now, who is the teacher? What's his name?
0: Well, it isn't a guy teacher; it's a woman. A woman? Yeah, she's having sex with a boy.
3: Oh, but but she's ugly, right?
0: Well, no, not really. It's the kindergarten teacher, Miss Stevenson.
3: The blonde? Yeah. Some young boys having
0: sex with Miss Stevenson? Yes. Nice. Nice. What? No, you don't understand it. You sure they've had sex? Yeah. Has she performed oral sex on him? I think so. Nice.
3: Nice. Nice. So, wait. What? what's the crime
0: <laughs> but that's the thing though and i think like you said people are getting mad at the film but when that does happen like when you see the stories that, like oh and you see this like gorgeous woman and it's like she's messing around with underage kids most again most people in society I'm not saying it's good or bad will be like nice
1: mm-hmm. and,
0: and that's just what it is like you can't get mad at adam sandler for holding up a mirror to our society
1: yeah exactly
0: and that's what happens. Like, yes, the idea of having the entire student body cheer on him. And I love the fact that we have the uh, the inspirational quote, like, on the balcony that says, some of us have greatness thrust upon them. Yeah. Like, like, that's another thing, too. Like, I've seen this movie how many times, and I just caught that in today's viewing. Yeah, it's dense, like you said. But even the fact that we have, like, the guy that's, like, reading, like, you hear them, like, moaning behind the curtain, and we have, like, the kid who wants to be somebody for student body president, and he's like, I want to get me a piece of that. He, like, turns around. (laughs) Yes. Something like that. Like, it's, like, again, it's, like, weird non-sequitur comedy, which I don't think. It's not really, it's not done a lot, and when it's done, it's not done properly. Mm Mm-hmm. Because even like later on in the film, like not even that far later on but like when we see the, uh, we have the, uh, the, the the court hearing, and we see Mrs. McGonagall, and she's there, Mrs. McGarrickle, McGonagall, M- McGarrickle,
1: yeah, McGarrickle. I would have loved if if it was McGonagall, like from yeah, Harry Potter. That'd yeah, yeah, be amazing.
0: Adam <laughs> Sandler gets a cease and desist from J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Um, uh But even the fact that like you you we see this and we see the bailiff and the setographer high five.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I think even some of the jury is like being like, mm, oh yeah. <laughs> or maybe it's not the jury. Maybe it's like the uh, the people audience in the courtroom sure. or something like that.
0: But like we even have like the judge reading the statement from Mrs. McGarrickle, And it's like, that kid, when we're having sex, makes it feel like there's a rainbow coming out of my beaver. Yep. It's like, oh my God. That's so, like, again, it, it's this dialogue that comes out of nowhere. The fact that this relationship has resulted in a pregnancy and you
3: show absolutely no remorse, saying, and I quote, I would fuck that kid again and again. He makes me feel like there's a rainbow coming out of my beaver.
1: Yeah, it's pushed to the extreme. Like, that whole beginning, it just screams a satire to me. It's, it's comedic satire. It's pushed to its limits, and it's just, it's, it's well done. <laughs>
0: but it's just, like, it's weird. Like, yes, that's raunchy dialogue. But it's so like at a step of what we would get today. Oh, like if, yeah. if, if, if we were to get this movie, which we wouldn't, we should say this movie could not. This would be one of those movies that um like we've joked about the black sharpie and crossing things out. There wouldn't be a black sharpie. It would just be a wood chipper that we throw the script into. Yeah, because you could, because <laughs> no one on earth would make this movie today. Never mind the mm-hmm. studio wouldn't allow and would never give money at all to this sort of project. Um, but still, you have these lines of dialogue. They're just like they're not. Blatantly raunchy in the way you'd expect.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Absolutely.
0: Like, especially like in today's day and age, we have like Amy Schumer comedy where women talk about just like what it's like to have sex in a way that they don't feel they have to keep anything. What's the word contained, mm-hmm. but the idea of somebody saying that, like, oh, having sex with a minor is the equivalent of feeling like there's a rainbow coming out of my downstairs. Yeah. Like if, if you're had, I know there's like an Amy Schumer joke where she's like, guys love to come on me. And it's like, we love swimming through come And she starts like doing these motions. I'm like, there's yeah, no setup. It's just, it's, it's just, yeah. It's, I, it's just, yeah it's,
1: it's, I've it's, always thought about it as, you know, more kind of the, 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 the sexual based comedy That I I feel like I, I hear more of now and I'm not a big fan of is just like it's overtly sexual type of thing. And it's not serving a purpose. Whereas in this movie, as we've been saying, you know, it all it all fits into this mold and this layout that they're giving us as the foundation for the rest of this film. Which, you know, like we were also saying, it doesn't even become like a main point. The statutory rape is the first five minutes and then that's it. It's like the kid exists Donny Donnie Berger was a bad father because he was also a kid. And that's that just takes it. That's all we need to get the story going.
0: Yeah. And yes, there is a lot of I, I think it's fair to say there's a lot of raunch and sex derived comedy in this, but it all feels appropriate in the scene scene that we're in. Yep. It, yeah. it never like, like yes, there's some points where like it comes out of nowhere where like Todd like has like sex with the dress, and we have the girlfriend or the fiance like lick it. She's like, you barfed on my dress. And what's this other stain? She starts, like, Mm. smelling it, and then she licks it. She's like, somebody jizzed on my dress. You jizzed... Like, in that, it's like, okay. That... I'm Not to say that's a step too far, but we get your point without her licking it.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it takes forever. Like, it's very drawn out, and it's like... That's one of those things where I, I get what you're saying. It's like, we know where this is going. Why draw it out any longer?
0: Sure, like, it's not a perfect film, but it gets... It has so many hits; you're willing to forgive the few misses.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it, for sure. But going
0: through the plot of this, and I feel that's again, this is going to be another one where I, I don't just too much to highlight. Unlike Cat in the Hat and other things, where like okay, I'm going <laughs> to list everything, I just can't. Like this would be like Glee. Just we'll insert the entire audio of the movie
1: here. Yeah, especially I, I would love to just put every bit of this movie with Milo Ventimiglia in it, is amazing. Like, this is his best performance, I think, hands down.
0: <laughs> it really, like, every actor in this feels like they have their moment to kind of... They have their moment, like, their 15 minutes. Yeah, You never yeah. feel like, oh, I didn't get enough time of this character, or this character didn't... realize like, oh, they really didn't use that character appropriately. Because, like, even in the very beginning, where, like, after Donnie goes... After he sees Rex Ryan, he goes to the strip club, mm-hmm. we have Lunell... Who everybody knows is just kind of like the overweight like character act, the black character actor.
2: Yeah.
0: I think most people know her as Borat's wife. I guess that's that's how I've <laughs> always known her.
2: Yeah.
0: And we see her there is uh, she's playing a stripper and she's Pale <laughs> That's her name. Yep. And, and, and it's like he's at the strip club at like eight in the morning. And he's like, again, we're talking about the plot, like, oh, how he get the money? Oh, look, there's my son. He's getting married. And while this is happening, her daughter comes up to her and is like, mom, like, do you want your breakfast mm-hmm. after you're done with, like, being on stage? And we should point out that this strip club has a fantastic omelet bar.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a- and, and something that infuriated me because they, they didn't even get it right. In the uh, Red Letter Media Review, in the Red Letter Media Review, they're like, the strip strip club's name is Bacon Legs, and it's like, are you fucking dense? It's bacon and legs. It's a play on bacon and eggs. Like, how do you not even realize that when you say it, that you made a mistake?
0: Yeah, like I said, they, they they had an agenda going into that review. Yeah, they would it,
1: it is bacon and legs, and they have a full like breakfast omelet bar. It's great. And like Zach said, do you want your breakfast after you're done on stage? No, honey, you can give it to me now. Donnie don't mind, do you, Donnie? And he's like, he doesn't even answer the question. He's just looking at like the newspaper or whatever.
0: <laughs> but yeah, but like I love how that continues. And like that alone would be like its own haha. But then we see her eat the eggs upside down while hanging off the strip pole mm-hmm. and then we see her like eating it like eating more and then she has like a glass of orange juice and she just kind of just dumps it over her
1: head oh yeah that is uh, <laughs> that is going to come up uh, for snacks later on the upside down orange juice for sure <laughs> like
0: like she does the orange <laughs> she just dumps it <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. Like that's and there's so much going on because the whole time while that's happening, we have her daughter Bree and Donnie talking and we're getting all this information about how uh Hans Soloberger is now tied and how he says that his parents exploded uh, were, were, died in an explosion, which shows yeah. up numerous times in the film. And then as that's like going on and we're like kind of like establishing like Donnie's plan of going to his son and like t- or just like setting up the thing, their history between each other. Like uh Champale gets called off stage and it's like that was the incomparable Champagne and now looking hot and ignoring doctor's orders. Let's welcome <laughs> Amber. And she comes in wearing a like complete like head and neck brace. Mm-hmm. And in one of the like Nick Swartzen goes a long way in Adam Sandler movies. But his role here is Kenny, who's just like he's he punctuates scenes. This is the part I. The first time I watched this movie, I knew I was gonna love it. At this moment, he turns around when she comes out on stage and goes, "What the fuck happened to her?" <laughs> He's like redneck, trashy, stupid voice possible. And like, we have to insert the clip.
3: And now looking hot and ignoring doctor's orders.
1: Let's welcome Amber. What the
0: fuck happened to her? Fuck you, Kenny. Hey,
1: yeah, what's up, RoboCop? But like, yeah, and then isn't she like fuck you, Kenny? And he goes, okay, Robocop.
0: <laughs> I love it. Like the best part too is that like this woman playing Amber the stripper, like she's not bad looking. She even has like the the nipple coverings. Mm-hmm. Like she's not like they're not repeating the same joke of her being like overweight or something bizarre, like some sort of like physical abnormality for a stripper. It's just she's wearing a head and neck brace. Like you're, it's, again, you have Lunell being the the fat prostitute. I'm not proud. I'm sorry. The fat stripper. But then you have something else that's jarring to see in a strip club. It's played appropriately by the white trash that would be in there like on a Tuesday morning.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that's another reason this m- movie works. Yeah, this movie works so well is that it's not Adam Sandler like doing everything. Like there are no. these other very like Kenny is a very minor character, and he's like you said he goes a long way. And it's like that's that makes more sense. Have these other patrons you know add comedic effect you know like like with the dj you've been saying the dj is only in that one scene and he's like and now coming out and ignoring doctor's orders it's like <laughs> that that fits way more than if adam sandler was going to be looking at the picture of his son in the in the the magazine for the wedding thing and then like also making jokes then it would feel too overplayed and too forced in
0: yeah like you're you're fleshing out the world of a comedy yes there's more yeah. than just going on like like we said in a lot of comedies it's just the plot it's, like, the main two or three characters, and that's all we're going to focus on. Mm-hmm. And this movie is like, oh, there's other things going on. There's other comedy we derive for the audience's enjoyment than just from the main, like, A storyline.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Okay, so at this point, we, uh, we, I guess we should say that uh, Todd and his fiance, who I forget what her name is, they go off to Todd's boss's, like, summer home?
1: Yeah, well, he has, like, a villa type of thing.
0: Yeah, and he's played by Tony Orlando
1: Oh, it's it's great
0: <laughs> Well, that's the other thing too that like I would imagine most people don't recognize Tony Orlando anymore mm-hmm. But he's, he's doing he's, I guess we should say, everybody in this movie Is also 100% committed Like, it doesn't feel like anybody Is reining it in And, like, this has always been a big thing When it comes to Adam Sandler films It feels like everybody on set was having fun
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely And that's always good to see
0: exactly but then like how we're like and that's the thing too is like so many people are, are concerned about how just mean-spirited this movie is but i think a lot of people are missing that like pretty much every character in the film minus donnie and todd and maybe vanilla ice toward the end they're <laughs> all horrible people
1: yeah it, it's it's kind of you know playing off the um they're all like the the more upper class type of thing they're all snobby they all think they're better than everybody else and and they are you know conniving and, and manipulating to get whatever they want for them you know they're all working towards their ends and it, that's that's you know i'm not saying it's good to make fun of those people but it's it's consistent in this film
0: sure because like how we're introduced to tony orlando like he's intro- like he's showing off his estate and he's like you know every member of my staff are lucky to be in this country. so feel so feel free to abuse the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and he points to like the Asian like butler and maid. And yet, like again, everybody highlights that in their reviews. That, like one of the characters says this explicitly. And then the whole point is that toward the end of the film, Donnie is making breakfast for everybody. and oh, he yeah. has the two. He has the maid. And the butler sitting at the table eating breakfast, and he's like, "No, nope, nope, nope. You enjoy breakfast, and don't you dare touch these dishes. That's my job." It's yeah. The idea.
3: But you were only thirteen. She took advantage of you. No, all right. That's what the law says, Su Jin. But I don't know. We were kind of like soulmates. You know, it was it was a connection there. I never had it with anyone else. I'm getting a call. I'm sorry, guys. Do not touch these plates. I'm cleaning them. Okay, Su Jin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's so, so like, well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a show that like, yes, it's to show how horrible these other characters are, but it's also later on to add gravitas. So when Donnie does have his shift as a person, it gives it more substance. Mm-hmm. And yet the the critics just can't recognize that. They're just so hung up on the, the politically incorrect aspect of it, they don't realize that it's being written in a way to enhance the characters in the overall film.
1: Yes. Yeah. And and I think that that's another reason why this movie works so well for me. Well, I think it works in general and for me is that Adam Sandler, the character of Donnie Berger, like we said, is fleshed out. But he's he's complete. He's you know, he's doing things that are in character. And I also want to bring up that his whole kind of outward acting works as well. Like the semi slurred lisp type of voice that he has on the mannerisms. All of it is so fantastic to watch. It's enthralling. Yeah, like it's he's actually acting like he's not
0: just a guy. Yes. And yet, people, like we've been wanting this from Adam Sandler forever, where he's not just playing a dude. And he's doing that here. He's actually trying. And once again, it's politically incorrect. So, nope, doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it's what we mm-hmm. want or not. It just, it, it, it there's one thing that we don't like. So, into the wood chipper.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. No, he's hes great. I know we, we're going to have to talk about Milo Ventimiglia. So, I did want to bring this up. Is it Milo or Milo? Do you know? I, I have no idea. So so I have no idea either. I think I said Milo, because the first thing I ever saw him in was Heroes back in the day. Um, and I think I said Milo Ventimiglia for a while, but I ended up switching to Milo Ventimiglia because that rolls off the tongue better. I think at this point, which how much it's come up with people, you know, or us, I would say, not knowing how to pronounce actors' names. And then also... Like I know, it's come up recently on Zach's other podcast where what uh, he said, as I've always said, Dominic Monaghan, and someone said, "Oh, it's Moynihan." I think we should institute a rule. We we are going to stick to our ways and pronounce actors' <laughs> names regardless of how they're actually pronounced until the actual actor comes on our show as a guest and tells us how to pronounce it correctly. What do you think? Sounds good to me. So Milo Ventimiglia—that's what I'm going to say his name as. Until he's on here, I don't know what we can talk about this movie with him if he ever comes on. And then <laughs> compare, think- compare it to This Is Us. Uh, and then and then he will tell us how to correctly pronounce his name. I don't want any corrections from anybody else because you don't know either, okay?
0: <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to ever talk about this film that was mit- involved with making
1: it wrong. I know, that's a bummer.
0: <laughs> I know. Um, but no, but going to Chad's character as, uh, oh god, what's Leighton Meester's character's name? I can't think I of it. I think it's right. Jamie. Jamie, okay. And as her brother, I okay, I listened to two podcasts about this movie. One was from like I guess a, a actual popular podcast called The Flop House. Like the episode they recorded about this was like, God, I think like at least like six or seven years old. And they more or less crap on it, but more like okay. in the way that Red Letter Media crapped on it. Mm-hmm. The other podcast was from one titled Adam Sandler, Please Stop. <laughs> and they go through Adam Sandler's movies and just criticize them, which I don't know. Why would you create a podcast to complain about something every week? Sure, that's so weird to actually start something just to complain just every single week about it. But to each his own. But they like as I was listening to their like discussion about this, like to be like break. I guess they didn't explain what their gimmick is, and I didn't know this until I eventually stopped it. Was that what they do is they watch the movie, like they introduce it without, like they introduce the movie without seeing it. And they're like, okay, we're going to take three breaks throughout the movie and we'll talk about what we've seen up until that point. And then at the end, we'll recap like the movie as a whole. Okay. I didn't know that until like halfway through. So I like, at numerous points. Like they'll be like, okay. And then like, like, like okay, that's my boy. They'll cut to them talking and being like, okay, so my first complaint with this movie is and it's not established. They take breaks. So it's like, they'll be like, oh, so Milo so-and-so's character, he shows up and I'm a former Marine and his entire outfit doesn't make sense. How can he be private first class while being (laughs) a Marine? That makes no sense at all. The movie's so stupid. They can't even get that right. And then another sequence, he's wearing his his rank patch and that can't be right because he's a private first class and he has a sergeant's ranking. This movie's so stupid. They can't do any research. And the whole time I'm like, do they not realize that That's the joke of the movies. Yeah. He's a fraud. And it dawned on me. I'm like, Oh wait, they are literally just like reacting to the movie Mm -hmm. in real time. Okay. Instead of like watching it, digesting it and then having an opinion on it. And I'm like, this is like seriously the worst podcast
1: ever. Yeah. That's strange for sure. Because I would imagine in, in almost all cases of them doing this, once they get to the end of the movie, their previous concerns will be void.
0: Yeah. I, I don't get it. I'm like, "A, why would you create a podcast just to crap on one specific actor?" And then two, cuz eventually you're gonna run out of material. Yeah. Like I've yeah. seen it only made so many movies. Like you can even if you do like maybe like one episode a month, you've got maybe like 5 years top until you run out of material.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: And then like the whole idea of just like Rob said, you have to throw out most of what you said because it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And then three, why are you reacting to stuff in real time? You're not reviewing it. You're just reacting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's awful.
0: It. It's it's <laughs> awful. It might be it might be one of the worst podcasts I've ever heard. because like they get so hung up on the statutory rape thing, which we've already discussed. But they they're just so, so hung up on that. And it's like, did it turn the movie off? Mm-hmm. If you're that angry over one thing so early in the movie, clearly you're not going to like it.
1: Yeah. It w- yeah. It's a, it's, it's a strange thing for sure. Yeah. Oh, thing I don't know that
0: much. Like, I think we've talked about it on in previous podcasts. Anytime you have a man, a woman, I'm always fascinated by their romantic, <laughs> uh, a, like, the, like the, the romantic dynamic between them. They were, I, I guess they were watching it together, like physically, So, I don't know if they were married or in like a relationship, but as Rob knows, I ever since then I'm fascinated because just a (laughs) heads up to any female podcasters out there, if you co host a podcast with a man that you're not in a relationship with, there's like a 99% chance he wants to boink you. I'm I'm just, (laughs) and Rob can attest to that. Like, there's there's a very strong chance, like, if you're going to get into a podcast thing with a dude that you're not dating or married to. He wants you to some capacity, like you need to sign like a weird quasi like podcasting prenuptial agreement. Just just putting that out there, just for your own benefit.
1: Get the Espe- lawyers involved, especially if you're from Detroit. <laughs> 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 to this
0: day, I listen to the end of that episode. I just die laughing. <laughs> oh man! Um, all right. So after uh, the whole thing with Chad, we see Donnie at the uh, the the what's his name show. Oh God! What yeah, not
1: Jerry Springer? Oh yeah, it's like Randall Morgan or something like that, I think. Yes. And oh that whole scene is a great um a great setup because that's where we're introduced to Vanilla Ice. And they look at each other like him and Donnie Burger, then they're very adversarial and the whole thing apparently Donnie Burger slept with <laughs> Vanilla Ice's mom. But they're, they're but it's it's great, but they go on and I love the like the meta commentary of vanilla ice because Adam Sandler says something like, you must be loaded. Like, what are you doing here? Like, you know, off of Ice Ice Baby. And one of the things that Vanilla Ice says, he's like, Suge Knight took so much of that money. And we could do a whole episode on, like, the story behind Suge Knight and him, like, you know, threatening and suing Vanilla Ice over Ice Ice Baby and that whole thing. But it's – oh, it's so funny.
0: That entire bit is hysterical because it's like Vanilla Ice goes up to Donnie. He's like, you slept with my mom, man. And he's like, dude, how could I have known? It's like it's like her last name is Ice or something. (laughs) (laughs) And in vanilla ice's cut response is, you should have known by the haircut. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't doesn't donnie burger he's like okay i'll give you that one
0: <laughs> he's like oh come on vanilla bean latte you've got to have some money and like rob was saying vanilla ice and this is 100 percent factual he's like queen got 50 percent of the money yeah suge knight got 50 percent of the money he's like hell when that song plays now i owe people money yep, it's yeah it's like and it's just like oh my god like you're taking a real life thing like I, i'm not sure how many people like Rob hinted at it, though but the real thing that like Suge Knight went up to Vanilla Ice's like hotel room and essentially like almost pushed him off the balcony oh, like, yeah. on the 13th floor unless he'd signed over like the rights to it like that's hysterical like who would expect that in an Adam Standler statutory rape comedy <laughs> yeah, that's profound
1: yeah. oh Okay, hey, Vanilla Ice Randall's just getting makeup go ahead to the green room
3: Vanilla, what's up, guy? It's been a long time. Uh, How you been? Are you seriously giving me the silent treatment still? You know that hurts me. Yeah, that's why I'm giving it to you. How's it feel, chump? It's breaking my heart. We were friends for 20 years, guy. Uh, We were friends until you banged my mother. I didn't know it was her, I swear to god. It's not like her last name is Ice. You should have known by the haircut. Oh, come on, Vanilla Bean Latte. Will you just? I'm just saying, I'm in big trouble, guys. It's like monetary thing. I, uh, I'm going to prison if I don't get 43 large, so... What, do you think I got that kind of money? Of course you got that kind of money. Royalties from Ice Ice, baby, you must be fucking loaded. Man, listen, Queen took 50%, Shook took the other 60%. I fucking owe money when that shit gets played, man. Well, dude, come on, will you please stop collaborating and listen? Oh, here, hey, it is. What, hey. no, I love that song, you know that shit. I was on top of that fucking day one. Listen, man, I work at an ice rink now. I deep-fried chicken nuggets, man. I'll get you a deal on a barbecue sauce packet. Fucking A, buddy. Both of us. Socks broke. Who would have thought this would happen to us?
1: Maybe I should call your mother. She'll give me the money, I know that. What? 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 Yeah, and uh, that I, I really dug that, you know, whole, like, Adam Sandler as Donnie Berger is a celebrity, a huge celebrity, like we were saying, because he's friends with Vanilla Ice, and then... He, we even get the – we none of them are in it, but we get that um, little bit where Randall Morgan's like, oh, I'm doing a, a retrospect on Millie Vanilli. And he's like, Fab, I'm friends with that dude. Put me on right after him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The fact that he's a has-been. He's, like, friends with all the yeah. other, like, 90s has-beens.
1: It's, it, yeah, it's great. It's such a good setup, you know, and it gives you – like, it's another layer of density to these jokes that, you know, there's some that you actually have to either know something about or look into to get them. Along with the surface-level, like, raunchy and, and, you know, non-PC stuff. But, yeah,
0: but the whole thing with, like, Vanilla Ice is that, like, that's another reference that, if you know anything, it's kind of, like, the equivalent of what happened with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Like, the Vanilla Ice Shug Knight thing, if you know anything about the music industry, you've Mm -hmm. heard that story to some capacity. That was a huge thing. And it's, like, again, if you're going to do a reference, it's got to be something monumental that everybody's kind of low-key aware of but not so ubiquitous it's like oh but i can see that coming
1: yeah yeah 100
0: but even how that like sequence goes on like at that point you were established that vanilla ice works at ice rink
1: selling <laughs> chicken nuggets oh oh yes and later on we get the great uh, todd bridges cameo with that he's also working at the <laughs> the, the fast food place <laughs> with vanilla ice <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah that's And then even how that sequence ends Where we have like Donnie's like Maybe I should call your mother She'll give me the money I know that And, <laughs> and we should say that like it, uh, Vanilla Ice just charges him And they like break a coffee table And the whole time Donnie's like Hey dude I didn't just spill my beer <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: That's and, awesome
0: <laughs> And the whole time well, Like this entire movie all Donnie's character does is just pull beers out of different pockets
1: just is, pop the lid off them. It is a hundred percent the the extension of Chevy Chase and the cigars and nothing but trouble. Do you remember that where Chevy Chase would constantly be pulling out cigars in random situations when they were like running around the the mansion house of Dan Aykroyd? This is like that to the max. But it we- is.
0: <laughs> well, it's every chance. Like it's and the weird things is like, it, like they always highlight it, but they never make it the center of attention.
1: Yes. Yeah. Exactly.
0: He, he's always doing that, even at points where you kind of forget about it. And I know after a while they kind of run that gag into the ground because I know he's like what sneaking around the the hotel, like like outside on like the window ledge, <laughs> and he pulls one out of his sock and like like and like cracks the like the the cap off. Um, that it's like okay, we get it. Mm-hmm. But it's still funny because even at one point too that like he he has like he has a a bottle opener on his belt buckle.
1: Yeah, (laughs) but
0: yeah. Um, but then like okay, so he pitches the idea to the not Jerry Springer character about like having a reunion like live from a women's prison, and Randall Morgan's like a women's prison, very sexy. (laughs) <laughs> and then the whole time Donnie's just staring at him And we have the makeup artist that's applying makeup To him is like bent over in front of him He's staring at the makeup artist's ass And Donnie turns around and Goes you know you can eat that ass after I leave the room I just need an answer now you know <laughs> yeah. And I was like <laughs> It's just like one of those Small things that like That would be overlooked the fact that like Giving Randall Morgan this Character that's not really important to the Story any sort of direct way you're giving him his own moment.
1: Mm-hmm, exactly.
0: And again, I, again, everybody in this movie's awful. Oh, that's 100%, the point. Yeah. Everybody, whether, like, yeah.
1: Whether or not you know at the start, that at the end, you know that everybody's awful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like Donnie has a character arc because he's redeemed, and Todd's really the only character that's not out and out horrible because he's a victim of uh, mm-hmm. what? Uh, what? How do they describe it? An inappropriate uh, a student teacher relationship.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think after that, he once he knows he can get the money, he then he has to go um, find his son, right? And that's where he yeah. pops up at the villa. And I love that there's right before Donnie shows up at the villa, it cuts back to, I think, um, what the whole family, or oh, Todd and his boss, and then the family of the fiancé, they're all, like, getting together to eat, and I think they're serving themselves and Milo Ventimiglia says something like, "So Todd, how does one get into the hedgehog business?" <laughs> and he goes, "Andy Samberg says it's actually hedge fund." And Milo Ventimiglia just it cuts to his face. He like turns to him. He goes, "You think you're better than me?" And it's it's perfect. <laughs> it's it's so fantastic because you know we have we have the previous scene where Chad is set up as the marine who's like going to be hard on this dude because he's marrying his sister, and then but then it goes even further and you just get the straight up you know like total blown out of proportion response of oh he corrected me you think you're better than me and it's perfect because <laughs> andy Sandberg's like what no <laughs> so todd how does
3: one get into the hedgehog business
1: anyway oh it's actually hedge funds
3: you think you're better than
0: me no well it's even stuff too is it like every character and it's weird that people in uh, oh god! I think the example is the Coen Brothers' *Raising Arizona*. A lot of people give that movie credit that you have like all these like bumpkins in like white trash characters, but they speak very, very efficiently and have all these great one-liners and quips. Mm-hmm. This film is the same thing. You do have a lot of like just uh, oh god, horrible white trash people who are or who are just really simpletons, but they have great one-liners.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Cause even like when we're introduced to like them like having lunch and they're all talking uh, Jamie's family and we have Mr. Spiro's grandmother and she's like for no reason just passed out <laughs> at the table and, J- and we keep cutting back between them getting food and Jamie's father looking at her as she's passed out on the
1: table. Very questioningly, yeah.
0: And she doesn't really wake up from the table until Donnie comes there and is like, What's up?
1: Yep, yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then we get the whole introduction where he has, Donnie has to say, Oh, he's, uh, I'm his best friend type of thing. How did you meet? And that's always great because we get the story of where he's like, This dude drops his burrito on the train tracks, so I had to go down and save him. And then the next time we get to hear that story, it's embellished even further where he's like, (laughs) I jump on the train tracks, instantly snaps both my legs. And they're like, Oh my God. And he's like, What was I thinking? It was a 25 foot drop. (laughs) And it's it's just like, it's like they could have kept that going, but they knew when, you know, they didn't need to play that off anymore. He wasn't going to tell that story any further. But but it's great, you know. It adds more to that Donnie Burger character, and the whole scene where you get the first time um, Han Solo Burger and Donnie Burger are alone in the room together. He's like, "You were a terrible father. You were supposed to tell me no and all that stuff." And I forget what he's like. Donnie Burger says something like, "Oh, I was a great father. Like I let you eat cookie and cakes." And he's like, "Blah blah blah." And I got you that king cobra as a pet, or I got you that pet no, snake. No, okay.
0: okay, we we got that line of dialogue that bit about the, the king cobra oh that's fantastic. Might, might have broken me <laughs> that <laughs> that <might> have, <laughs> like, I, I much like I know like was the South Park gag like you see you see something or hear something so funny you might not ever be able to laugh ever again yeah that might be legitimately the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life
1: oh it's it's great so what he says he's like I got you that pet and then what is he because Adam uh, Andy oh. Sandberg
0: well, I want to stab a little bit further because, okay, this is the, okay. like, like you said, this is the first time that, like we really get like uh, Todd and Donnie talking to each other. Yes. and Todd's essentially venting all of his frustrations that he's had bottled up for like years to Donnie. And like at one point, he like it's like, "Come on, I was the best parent ever, dude." And Todd throws like a little like uh, container that has two syringes. And Donnie's like, "Oh my God, you're a junkie!" <laughs> he's like, <laughs> "Who no, told Donnie. you that?"
1: I'll slap him around.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "No," he's like, "No, Donny, I'm a diabetic because of you." And it's like because you fed me cake and ice cream for breakfast my entire life. That's what you wanted, dude. It's like yeah, but you're the parent. You're supposed to tell me yep. no. And then like he's like, come on, I was a pretty wicked ass parent. And it's like it's like I even got you that steak that you wanted. Yeah, and it died when it ate your quailu. <laughs> yes, that's
2: what it was. The quailu. Okay.
1: <laughs> 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 and he, and I do His. Know why <laughs> follow-up is so great he's like it died because it ate all your quaaludes and adam sandler just like looks at him and he's all serious and he goes hey that's the only time anyone's ever seen a king cobra laugh and i'm proud of that <laughs> so that got me that that's a that's a solid line right there <laughs> did I do to you to make you hate
3: me so much? I, I am fucking baffled. Well, maybe right. you don't remember, but you were basically the worst parent ever. Me? I did everything for you, buddy. And I never gave you an ounce of shit about nothing. You never gave me nothing. I gave you a snake. Yeah, and then it died after it ate all your quaaludes. That was the only time anybody's ever seen a King cobra laugh. And I take pride in that. So fuck you.
0: <laughs> oh my God, yeah, this Uh. <laughs> I have no idea why that's so funny to me. I really don't. I, it's weird that as I was watching it today, I completely forgot. I guess the weird thing too is I forget this movie very, I guess intentionally I forget it because I just, I want to re-experience it every time. Sure. And I heard that and I actually was laughing so hard my cat came into my room because the cat thought it was something wrong. <laughs> And then again, yeah, we simply like if we haven't inserted the clip, we, we've inserted it now. Mm-hmm. And while this is all going on, just it's so like razor sharp. it goes back and forth so, like they, they lobby this joke, they lob the joke to each other so quickly it's hard to keep track of all of them because there's like in, like what a two minute scene there's so much going on.
1: Yes. yeah, a lot of it's, story, a lot of comedy, a lot of a lot of acting. yeah, it's dense.
0: It is. And like I know a lot of people I like while I was listening to a lot of people made the remarks like, oh, this this film ruined Andy Sandberg's like film career. We should say that Andy Sandberg's ruined his own film career between like all of his Lonely Island stuff. Um there's I don't know if we'll ever discuss it on here, but there's Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping, where like Andy Samberg literally signs someone's dick. That literally oh, okay. happened in that movie. Um, to blame that's my boy on Andy Sandberg's lack of a uh, feature film career, I don't think is fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I, he's another one too like, say what you will about Andy Sandberg. I'm not thrilled with him as the NBC comedy guy, but. I, I, he, he's fantastic in this. He knows exactly the role he's supposed to be playing, and never tries to go outside those bounds. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. He's he's clearly the straight man in this. Mm-hmm. And I know after a while, like a lot of actors don't like being that when everybody else, like when they're constantly being the punchline for everybody else's jokes, so they have to feel they have to like do something grandiose to take some of that like heat off of them. But he never does that. He's just the the pincushion
1: for everybody. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the thing, too, is that like, there's no bad performance in this
1: movie. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. Uh, my next note after the King Cobra line is just one word. There's a lot of S's in it. What's up? What's up? When that, when that scene happens, because, you know, I think Donnie or Andy Samberg gets Donnie to wear a tie and he's like, I'm not going to sell out. And he's like, I'll give you a hundred bucks. Where's the tie. And then they're at like the gathering or whatever. And Andy and uh, the fiance are talking to the boss. And then, you know, Donnie makes his way over and he says, what's up to the boss. And Tony Orlando's like, is that back? Cause I really want that to be back.
0: <laughs> and everybody does it. Like we get, we get God, uh, Jamie's parents, we get the, the orchestra does it, the <clears throat> the Asian uh, yep. help does it, and the grandma does it. And then I, after like the beat is gone, Todd does it like in the most half-hard way possible. And the grandma turns around and goes, BOO! <laughs> that was <laughs> bad, Todd!
3: <laughs> Donnie, this is Steve Spiro,
2: Todd's boss.
3: WANDA! Is that back? Because I've been dying for that to come back. What's up? <laughs> My boy, look at him. He ain't a tight ass. What's up?
2: <laughs> What's up? What's up? What's up?
3: <laughs> no. That was terrible, Todd.
1: Yeah, they they do it Like the whole, uh, if I remember correctly That was what, a Budweiser commercial back in the day And that was what they would do with the commercial They would just cut to all the different people screaming What's up, and that's what they do in the movie And it's like, okay, great little throwback
0: It's a throwback that once again Everybody will recognize Mm -hmm. But Family Guy hasn't ruined it yet
1: (laughs) Yeah, yep
0: It's one of those things that it makes sense Because somebody like Donnie That was around during that time that would have been a huge thing for him.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. hundred percent.
0: Cause there's the time period of when he thrived. So it's like, there you go. Like it makes mm-hmm. sense. It's not just, it's not just a callback for the sake of a callback. It's, it makes sense that somebody who's such like a state of arrested development for a time when they were like, like we see in the beginning of the credits where we see like he's hanging out with the two Corey's yeah. on David Letterman. He's on the Arsenio Hall show. It's, it makes sense that someone like him would sit there, be ingrained in pop culture of 15, 20 years ago.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: But even how, like, before he comes over to the boss, where like Andy Sandberg's talking to the boss and Donnie's about to approach, he's like, no. And then like Adam Sandler like backs up and that happens like what, one or two times. Mm-hmm. And then eventually like somebody waves Donnie over and he's like, oh, I'm not here. And he just slowly
1: crouches behind a bush. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But then we have the sequence where like you said Donnie's explaining once again how he met Todd and we get a further embellished story of the burrito on the on the railroad tracks. And what I love about both of these sequences is that everybody the audience that Donnie's telling the story to immediately believe that Todd was that stupid to go jump on railroad tracks for a burrito.
1: Yeah, why wouldn't you just buy another burrito? Yeah, wouldn't why wouldn't you do that, Todd? <laughs> <laughs> I love and he's that. like, I don't know. I, it's definitely, you know, one of the most unbelievable parts of that story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love grandma's life. Maybe he was high on the hashish. Yes. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it's delightful. It's, and then uh, that's nice. when, uh, and then that's when MacGruber shows up.
0: Oh yeah, good old Will Forte and uh, Rachel Dratch.
1: Yes, and he's the one to recognize that it's Donnie Berger. And that is kind of, so that it's, it's not revealed that Todd is his son, but this is the point where everybody knows that it's Donnie Berger. And, and I do enjoy that little kind of scene where it's revealed and everybody talks about basically, you know, once again, the satirical aspect of, Oh, you were so lucky, you know, and the, the boss is saying like, I had a teacher that I wanted to fuck back in the day. And then we get the great like frame. It's Milo Ventimiglia on the left and the, the grandmother on the right. And the grandmother says something like, back in my day when you'd act up, the headmaster would hit your head with his dick. And Milo Ventimiglia just, like, is so (laughs) excited by this. Like, he doesn't have any lines, but he, like, he does very embellished, like, looks over at her, like, full neck turn. And then when she says the line about the dick, he, like, looks back at the camera and he mouths the word, whoa. And he's, like, very excited (laughs) about it.
0: And it's great. Well, like, even prior to like, that, because that is the crescendo of that sequence, because everybody's talking about how they want to have sex with their teachers. Like, Will Forte is like, oh, I want to have sex with my geometry teacher, mm-hmm. but I didn't know how to do it and then Tony Orlando's like, "Oh, my eighth-grade biology teacher, I want to bang her. I used to have dreams of dissecting her with my penis." And he's like, <laughs> "Like, well, all the weird stuff that happens to your head when you go through puberty." Then Jamie's uh father's like, "I I stole my middle school librarian's gla- uh, libra- uh, librarian's glasses and I masturbated while wearing them." And then grandma goes, "In my day, when I got into trouble, the headmaster would slap your hand with his dick." <laughs> and you're like, and like you said, and then like Todd just gets up. And this all happens in the span of a couple of seconds. And he just gets up and goes, she wins. And we cut to the next scene. Uh,
1: not to toot my own horn, but I got kind of close once. Uh, Mrs. Weiss, freshman geometry. And I think she would have done it too. I just, I just didn't know
3: how to make the move. You know what? I would have killed to bang my eighth grade biology teacher, Mrs. Khan. I used to dream of, of, of dissecting her with my penis. <laughs> it's so weird what goes on upstairs when you hit puberty. I actually stole my middle school librarian's glasses to wear while I masturbated.
1: Oh. What is that about? In my day, when I got into trouble, the headmaster would slap your hand with his dick. She wins. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's funny. I mean, it's so, like fast-paced and just edited it's like this movie is brilliantly edited too like you never lose track of anything because it's just bing bang bang boom mm-hmm. and it's perfect like i don't know how you can't appreciate this film on so many layers because even um after this we get the sequence where uh, will forte is talking about how he met todd and we have todd doing the gimmick of he can do any sort of like like difficult math math calculation or he can do what Multiplication in his head, yeah. yeah, and he does the beep, beep, boop, 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 and he does all that. And at that, at this point, Donnie actually outdoes him, and he's like, "Nope, four hundred fifty, not 451 And he's like, and Donnie's like, "This motherfucker forgot about leap year." Yeah, and, and we have the moment, which is actually some pretty clever character development in depth. He's like, "Where do you think you got it from? I'm a whiz kid. And your mother was a math teacher."
2: Hmm.
0: Hmm. It makes sense. Like, okay, and that's the thing too. Is that like, like that's the only weird thing about this movie is that like Donnie comes across as a very crafty person.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So,
0: so other than just being like a has been, I think it would make maybe because there are deleted scenes for this that I watched on the DVD. Okay. It's weird that, like, I think it would maybe have given Donnie a little bit more, what's the word, uh, pathos. If instead of making him kind of, like, a washed-up has-been, you just make him somebody that, like, nobody wants to associate with anymore. Or not, mm-hmm. okay, not even that, because, like, even when he's at, like, the summer house, he's he's the cult of personality.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: And he seems really crafty and intelligent. Yet he, he hasn't made a buck in the last, what, 20 years?
1: Yeah, and he hasn't paid taxes.
0: <laughs> and he's driving what? A like, oh god, like I like can like a late '80s Trans Am or like a Corvette.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: with a rush like decal that's clearly faded, and, like falling off.
1: Oh, oh yeah, and he's carrying what is his clothes and beer around in a garbage bag. <laughs> yep. Is that Louis Vuitton? No,
0: it's it's a hefty bag. What the what the hell are you
1: talking about?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah I don't know I feel like you could have done a little bit more with Donnie like in the beginning like yes I love the Rex Ryan stuff but to maybe because In the deleted scenes they have Him and he's working as a hot Tub salesman
1: Oh okay
0: and it's like a five Minute long sequence and I'm Glad they cut it because it goes nowhere and he Gets fired from that job mm-hmm. but It's like he seems like an intelligent Individual Yeah absolutely so I don't know. It's it, I, I don't know what you would have done, though, but maybe something that maybe instead of make him like I like, kind of like he just kind of fall out. He fell out of favor or people just kind of look at him the wrong way. But then that would ruin the cult of like personality cool. aspect of him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's an interesting take, because something that I really liked about it was, you know, he never seemed um, like he does a lot of this, this, you know, uh, stupid stuff. But it's not like he's stupid. He just has this kind of convoluted sense of humor. Uh, like, the thing that stands out to me is that even though he's always, you know, I guess making fun of Todd or Han Solo, his son to some extent, um, he's always on his side. Like, it's 100% yeah. like he's there for his son type of thing. And you never forget that. Even though it might be, you know, he makes fun of him, it's all in good taste. Because when stuff starts to get bad for Todd, it, Donnie Berger's the one there to help him out of it. In In, like, all the... All you know the wrestling scene with Chad, the, the James Caan is the priest, and then yes. the whole ending of the movie. And it's like it's great to see that that it's not just oh we're we're fitting in jokes that we thought of we're gonna do it any way possible. It's like the character actually came first, and that works.
0: Yeah, like that's the weird, like, that's the thing that's odd though. Is that, like they in the marketing, and you kind of think going into this like oh like he's playing like a horrible human being, and he is obnoxious, but he has a heart of gold. Yeah. Which is also a little disconnected from him, like we see him as the what, the 13 year old who's just like sex obsessed. Hmm. So I don't know. It's it's one of those things where you could have maybe used some because I know we get the um the Donnie Berger like TV movie of the week.
1: Oh yeah, with Ian Ziering and uh Alan Thick. <laughs> yeah. And we get that. And the weird thing
0: though is in the deleted scenes, they actually shot that. It's like a t- it's like a six or seven minute long sequence. Oh, right on. And, and we only get it like on a TV in the background in like one scene. And that could have because that definitely adds a little bit more because they do flesh out the fact that like the day Donnie turned 18, his father left and just dumped Han saw. And this kind of been like, okay, it's your problem now. Mm-hmm. And that definitely adds to it. But one thing I do want to point out about the deleted scene is that after the father leaves, uh, Donnie's comforting Han Solo and the kid is looking through a magazine and the magazine is completely blank. It's green; it's all green sheets of paper with tracking dots. And I'm <laughs> okay. like, why couldn't they just find a magazine from the year that's supposed to be taking place in?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Why do they feel the need to have to they didn't do it because obviously it's not in the final film. Yeah. But why couldn't they just have a magazine? I would imagine you go on eBay and type in magazine from 1980 whenever. Yeah, exactly. And you could easily get something like a prop for like five bucks. Why would you use special effects or something like that?
1: Yeah, that is strange.
0: <laughs> but yeah, though. But like, yes, it, it, that's the thing, though. It's like Donnie never seems like the moment he's reconnects with Han Solo... Or Todd, mm-hmm. he kind of almost forgets about his money problems until Todd says, oh, I'm going to the prison to see mom.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's what I was saying before. where kind of like there's the beginning, and the end that revolve around that, the money stuff. But then everything else is just about him getting back in the good graces of his son. And that really works as the premise for this movie or, you know, maybe premise for this comedy.
0: Yeah, because even like one of the few times we're reintroduced to that plot of The Money is that he's in the jacuzzi with all the women. And I love how they're all just like these gorgeous women in like the tightest bikinis possible. And he, he gets a phone call from Lun- Lunell telling him like, oh, the Donnie, the Donny Burger story's on. He's like, oh, hold on a second. He gets out of the jacuzzi. He's telling the girls, hold my cigar. Oh, here, you can wear my sunglasses. In one of the more genuinely inexplicable moments in this movie, he gets out of the hot tub. And I can't tell if he has a raging hard on or just that he has a very large member.
1: I took it as that he was just he was hung for sure. Okay, but it, I guess it could be either way. You know, they both reveal the same thing. I guess.
0: <laughs> and I love that all these gorgeous, like twenty-something-year-old women are just a hundred percent enamored with him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're all just blown away by him. I find that like that's the part that's the disconnect for me. And I know I'm analyzing this in a way that nobody ever intended it to be analyzed, <laughs> but it's like. He's a, a has been like eighty celebrity. Yet all these women that clearly weren't alive when this happened are just so just fascinated by him.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Like the idea that like not to fast forward too far ahead, but he has literally a jacuzzi filled with gorgeous women, and yet he he's he's utterly oh god smitten with the grandma.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yep. You that that whole scene. You know, I, I I I dig it for what it is, but like. Uh, that scene is to remind, you know, Adam Sandler and the audience of the whole money plot of the movie. And I'm just like, uh, we don't need that. It, it, it seems like it's out of place. Like, if anything, it should have come a little later because it, it seems like it's like, what, 15 minutes into it or something like that. Yeah.
0: Um. Actually, I'm looking at it now. It's 40 minutes into the film. Okay. And but like even like how that like scene ends when it kind of ends out of nowhere is that Lunel opens up her locker at the oh. show club and <laughs> yeah. Kenny's in there going through her purse with money, and he says the lot, she goes Kenny what are you doing? He goes I thought this was the bathroom. F yep. you. And he grabs her boobs and goes honk, and she goes oh nobody squeezes my titties for free honey.
1: Yeah yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Kenny what the. I thought this was a bathroom. Fuck you! Oh, and nobody squeezes my teeth for free, honey. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Like, like, that's that's good. That's I love that. Absolutely love that. And then after that, we get the moment where uh, 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 Todd, Han Solo, is taking a shower in mm-hmm. a bathing suit because he has uh, uh, body issues because of how overweight he was, and also because when he was younger... Donnie made him get a tattoo of New Kids on the Block on his back. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: and Donny's utterly fascinated by how just disproportionate, yeah, disproportionate their 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 heads are to the rest of his body.
1: Yep, yep. And then and then uh, he shows off his own tattoo of tattoo. Deplane, <laughs> deplane. <laughs> <laughs> now I got that's a tattoo. A re- with tattoo. I thought it was funny.
3: Deplane, deplane, deplane. Yeah, I remember it. I still don't know who that is. It's fucking the plane the plane guy from Fantasy Island. Chattoo. I got a or tattoo or
0: chattoo. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I, I love that. Um, uh, then, uh, what, what, we have the, the, they start tickling each other. and yeah. And Chad comes out and it's like, oh man, I, he's like, what's going on here? And, he, and It's like I, 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 I take on Whoever won and I love how Donnie Has him pinned once again with the <laughs> With his junk in Todd's face and Todd's like why is Your dick kind of hard yeah. And <laughs> and even though he has Todd Pinned it's like Todd's the winner and well, This is once again another reoccurring joke Is that Chad gets Todd in a headlock almost immediately And he's like I'm gonna You like having your dirty booger fingers In my sister and it's Todd's like what as he's being Choked out is like I'm gonna Skull fuck you. and yep. Donnie Just bashes him across the Head with the beer bottle
1: yeah and he Doesn't he say something he's like that got that was getting too Real or something <laughs> like that <laughs> And even even before that, once again, the like Milo Ventimiglia is just fantastic in this because he shows up and he's like, "Oh, what are you what are you homos doing?" And he's like, "We're just wrestling." And he's already shirtless. Chad is already shirtless. And then when he sees, he's like, "Okay, I got winner." He takes his pants off, so he's only in tidy whities And when he's getting ready to wrestle Andy Sandberg, he like opens his underwear and looks down. He goes, "Oh, you don't like him. We don't like you." And he starts hitting himself in the junk to like psych himself up and it's like oh it's just fantastic (laughs) it's that absurdism yes yeah exactly
3: (laughs) why is your dick in my face and why is it kind of hard
0: what are you
1: two homos doing
0: just wrestling
3: all right because you're looking at an all-state fucking wrestling champion and i got the winner Okay, well, he won. No, yeah, I do, you did. you won. What? No, oh, didn't. Are you? you're gonna love it, buddy. You <laughs> you up. Yeah, Chad. No, no, it's actually a funny Sorry, We were having a tickle fight. We weren't wrestling at all. I was losing, admittedly. Oh, God, I get a Chad doing some crunches or something. Look at this. Oh, you don't like him? Oh, we don't like you. Oh, oh he's talking to his dick, buddy. Oh, oh he's hitting it. Oh, oh, why? Oh, 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 oh you gotta puff that fucker up. Oh, oh, what? No, you don't have to puff that fucker up.
0: Let's do this. And I love how even, like, Donnie turns around, it's like, oh boy, he's yelling, yeah, he's yelling his dick because, <laughs> like that, <laughs> that real-time commentary of like the audience is reacting the same way the characters are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Okay, we have the moment with James Conn as the priest. And you know, it's fun to see James Caan. I don't have much to say.
1: My, my question for you was, uh, I, I'm still unclear, since I've only seen it, I guess, two times. Why does Todd backtalk the priest? Like, why do, that seems to come out of nowhere for me. Because, you know, the priest is like, you're not going to talk ill about your dead father if you liked him or not in the house of the Lord. And then Todd is like, I'm sorry, I can't hear you over your shit breath or something like that. And it's like, why Why does he, why does Todd, it's the only time it really happens, but Todd feels to get, like, adversarial with the priest.
0: I Do, think that's that meant to. Sh- spelled out anymore? Uh, no, how I've interpreted that over the years is that Donnie's kind of, like, trying, I can think about it, We had the moment in the shower after Jamie, like, tears Todd a new one because of the flowers or something about the wedding. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the idea, that, like, Donnie's trying to, like, he's trying to help his son, like, grow a backbone it's oh, like you sure. don't, you don't have to be these people It's just like doormat and this is an example like you don't know who this guy is this guy's telling you how to live your life despite the fact that he does, who, who the hell is he and that's that's what it is then obviously the whole thing is that like Todd stands up for himself and he gets the crap kicked out of him and he again he gets beat up and he gets blamed for it
1: yes yes uh, before we move too far from it there's we did uh, you mentioned it how um, Adam Sandler is uh into the the old grandma but before after the wrestling with chad and like donnie's getting ready to go to bed he's trying to find something to masturbate to and he ends up masturbating to the the picture of the grandmother but before that he's looking through magazines and he comes to a picture of hillary clinton and he says something like oh god it's like he's like he's like i would masturbate to you but i've partied with your husband so many times to be disrespectful (laughs) Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then we get the then we get the priest fight. And my note on the the on that was, what is this priest fight? It just seems so strange. But I love that when Andy Samberg gets the blame for it afterwards, and they're in the parking lot, and the whole family's kind of yelling him at it, yelling at him at once. Milo Ventimiglia starts barking at him like just rawr, 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 like right in his face. <laughs>
3: You know, we've known Father McNally for thirty years. Thirty years! 30 years. 30 years. I rip
2: off oh, your you oh, 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 I'm I'm Sorry. It
0: is. Yeah, it's like it's it's absurd. It's genuinely absurd at times.
1: Oh and yeah, it's part of I it's, it's brilliant. It. Oh yeah, the 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 Chad character is just so fantastic. I think in this movie. <laughs> it is because I guess there's really there's I can't think of another character like that in any sort of mainstream
0: comedy like this.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially one played by, you know, someone we know now is, like, Mr. Serious, I would say. Yeah. And then
0: even, like, after uh, the, the priest fight is over... Donnie has to explain to the rest of the people, like, oh, why Todd is freaked out by like churches Mm -hmm. and the whole thing with the father. And it's this elaborate story, much like the burrito story about how Todd's father in the casket, like a squirrel got in there
1: and like ripped his nuts off
0: and like (laughs) ran out there. So anytime Todd sees a church, it freaks him out
1: yeah it's it's oh the whole story it it goes along with the donnie character telling these convoluted stories but he's like what after the explosion there was just a little bit of scalp and nutsack left and it was supposed to be a closed casket but there was a mix-up so donnie had to watch todd had to watch as a squirrel came and got in the coffin and ran off with his father's nutsack that'll screw anyone up and everybody's like yeah yeah we get it Well, even, like, they're talking, like, after Donnie
0: tells his story, they're asking, like, oh, so you knew Todd's father? And he's like, yeah, he went down on girls for a wicked long time because he liked to make other people happy. <laughs> yeah. and, and Jamie's mother's like, I wish I could have met him. Yep. Yeah. And, and Will Forte's, like, sounds like a true gentleman to me. <laughs> like, it's like it's, it's bonkers. Like, there's so much going on. And get, like, this movie never slows down. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that's the thing. Is that, like, if you're not on board with this movie, I could see where it would become overwhelming. Because oh, it's like, okay, yeah. you either buckle up and you're all on for the ride, or it's like, sorry, we left you at the first station.
1: Yeah, that yeah, exactly. This is definitely one of those movies that, you know, you gotta move with it and be on board immediately, otherwise it's not gonna work for you.
0: Yeah. Cause then even after that, they're like, oh, like, cause now that Father McNally's in trouble or, or not long they can't have the, the, the wedding at the uh, church anymore. So like, so where are we gonna sit there have this funeral? And Will Forte, like, turns around. He's like, I'm pretty tied to the church crowd. Rageaholics Anonymous (laughs) and whatnot. I can find a priest for you. I mean, what type of priest are you looking for? And they're like, oh, I don't know, maybe somebody younger. How about a black guy? Now I like that. It's very urban, very street.
1: Yes. And that's a great setup because we do get um, uh, Father Shakalu later on. Who is also in Grandma Boy.
0: Uh, You guys say Dr. Shakalu. (laughs) <laughs> because I have I have a very specific story about that movie, but we'll get to that. Because he
2: okay.
0: – I've known about Dr. shakalu before this movie and, mm-hmm. and Dante. Um, oh, yeah. I, I love Dante as a character, but we'll get to them toward the end because that's where what, that's what they really have their moment to shine.
1: Yeah, but they um, are set up. I really like that that it, they're set up in a way that you don't realize until they actually appear. Because, you know, Tony, Tony Orlando is like, my damn son, he just, he's a ski instructor, and all he does is smoke weed. Like, and who would have thought like anybody
0: I remember watching this the first time being like I can remember seeing um I think they show Dr. Shakaloo first then they show Dante and I'm like oh like that's just like, I forget the actor's name but I'm like oh he's part of like Adam Sandler's regulars he's yeah. like Kevin Yellen Nick, Nick and like not Chris Rock or David Spade level but like next tier down And I'm like oh he's just here because it was an easy paycheck And then like he starts talking To Tony Orlando and he's doing The Dante voice I'm not so much of a screw I can't do the voice but it's like am I now dad oh, and, then yeah. do- and then and then, Dr. Shakalu has possibly my favorite quote of all time in the movie
1: oh yeah yeah, greatest
0: and i that's one where okay we'll get to that um so they decide to have the wedding at uh tony orlando the boss's like summer home and i love like donnie's helping jamie's mother like decorate or just like coordinate stuff and she's like oh donnie what a brilliant idea he's like yeah i know He's like, you know what? Maybe a little more girly, ship up, girly shit up on the arch. <laughs> and I love how the mother turns around. She's like, you know, you're right. Excuse me, sir. Put some more girly shit up there. Yep. Love it.
1: Oh, Donnie, this is just such a great idea. Don't you love the pergola? Yeah,
3: quite. You know what? Maybe a little more girly shit up on the arch Oh, edge. you know, you're right. Excuse me, sir. Put some more girly shit up there.
1: Everybody's just so along much. for the ride with them. Yeah, it works.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say uh, not to skip too far ahead, but for the Cinematis restaurant, um, I think we need some girly shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're probably
0: lacking on that. Yeah, I think like, that's definitely. safe to say. Yeah, <laughs> beyond just the arch, we need some more girly shit up there.
1: Okay, okay, I like that.
0: <laughs> um, all right. So after after this sequence happens, we have the um, the, the what the bachelor
1: party yep yeah and so uh we get it in a few phases but the first phase is the spa that will forte sets up for them
0: yep and i love that like name of the like the uh the name of the spa is like he Time spa and the person who's in charge is like oh welcome to the hit spa
1: yeah and i'm like
0: like even that is like that's clever that's that's like in a movie that's so over the top it's such a subtle joke.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Donnie thinks they're in for a raunchy night, but it's it's just a legit spa. And then we get the great scene of how he's trying to coerce a, a happy ending from the masseuse. <laughs> and the and the bait and switch, I guess not really bait and switch, but the cutaway to reveal that he's in the same room as all the <laughs> other guys, and Andy Sandberg's like, Donnie. Are you just going to get a hand job in front of all of us? And he goes, I don't know. Am I? And he looks at the masseuse.
0: <laughs> and she's like,
1: Mm-mm. he's like,
0: I guess not. <laughs> that's
3: that's nice. Yeah, good. This is great, sweetheart. Really good. Nice work. You're going deep on us, huh? That's it. What's this, sir? Well, that's just a little uh, <laughs> tip, you know, if you give me the full package.
0: Oh, okay. That's a hundred and fifty dollar additional charge.
3: <laughs> you're talking the wrong yeah, It's A little out of my price range.
0: It includes scalp treatment, reflexology. How much
3: is it to tickle my pickle, to yank my crank, to give me a whole to go? Sweetheart, I'm not asking for a finger up the ass. I just want you to just jerk it a little bit. Donnie, this isn't a brothel. Then I'm completely confused. What the fuck we're doing here right now? So what? You're just gonna get a hand job in front of all of us? I don't know am I. I guess not.
0: And <laughs> I love, and even prior to that, like we had the thing where they walk in and they're all given like glasses of something, and he takes a sip of it, spits it out, and it's like it tastes like fucking dick infused with balls.
1: Oh a yeah, I love, fucking Rod I love that line. He's like, "What is this?" She's like, "It's water infused with cucumber, rose petals, and sandalwood. Tastes like water infused with dick and balls." <laughs> <laughs>
0: And then we get as that scene wraps up as they're all being like led away, he turns around to the the one of the people who women who work there yes. with the with the water tray and go like and just out of nowhere just turns around to her as everybody's left the scene goes, You gotta show my son your tits later. Promise me. Promise me.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and she looks so awkward, which played perfectly. Like, that screams to me is like great, like, I, I don't know for sure, but it's it seems like it's Adam Sandler, like, ad libbing in character, and it, yep. it works. It fits, like we <laughs> were saying, it's a complete character.
3: What the fuck is this? It's water infused with cucumber, rose petal, and harvest sandalwood. It tastes like fucking dick infused with balls and a side of fucking Rod Stewart's jizz. Oh. Wait a minute, what are we drinking water at a fucking bachelor party for, Phil? You gotta show my son your tits later. Promise me. Promise me.
0: It just comes out of nowhere. I, 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 I wish I could, I, I think I've kind of explained why I like this movie, but there are certain moments like that, and with like the, the, the cobra with the quaaludes, where like, I just don't know why it's so funny yeah yep. i just don't know why because even like we have like even prior to the moment rob set up with the the masseuse and he's trying to get a hand job he has a five dollar bill tucked into like his his towel around his waist yeah. and, he, and he's like uh how much for like the, the bonus package You're like it's an additional 150 dollars for this this and that he's like uh it's kind of at my price range he's like if you know what i mean it's like i don't know what you mean sir you know to yank my crank to give me a hojo to go Yep. and like, I, and then like Rob said, we cut to the part where it's all the other men in the room, and and Todd's like, Donnie, this isn't a brothel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like, then what are we doing here? Yeah, and then and then he starts chewing out Will Forte. Will Forte gets up and has a like what a, a cock sock on.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's where I don't get that. That's where I'm like, it's funny. I just don't get it. Sure, sure.
1: Yeah, and you know, I feel like this uh, everything we've been saying, it's like, you know, this is what gets a lot of the. The some of the uh, most, maybe not most, because the statutory rape does, but a lot of the complaints that people have with this movie is like it's, you know, pathetic or lowbrow humor. But once again, it, it fits in perfectly. Like Donnie is a man child, he's in arrested development because like his whole life happened to him when he was younger than 18. So of course he's going to act like this. Of course he's going to say the stupid thing, like, tastes like it's infused with dick and balls. Like that's so lowbrow, but it, it that's what his character would do. Great. Yeah, enough. people actually They didn't give this movie a chance. Like I think we've been <laughs> saying. <laughs> and then
0: like we continue the rest of like the the man spa thing and we cut like the camera tracks down everybody getting like their getting their pedicures, they have like facial scrub on yep. and the cucumbers over their eyes and we go down the line till we get to Donnie and he's literally just sitting there giving the male masseuse that's supposed to be doing like massaging him and he's just giving him the finger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then the male masseuse is just like staring at him and just like like what am i supposed to do and then donnie just leans over and he's like you know what if i don't see a tit in five minutes i'm going to strangle this motherfucker yeah (laughs) yeah. you should be ashamed of yourself for arranging
1: this (laughs) yeah and that's really our transition into the second phase of the bachelor party which is back at bacon and legs Mm-hmm.
0: But even like okay this will continue this scene a little bit longer It's like we have the head the person who's in charge Come out and the whole time He's like and Donnie continues on this like like Rant about how like this isn't a Bachelor party and like like This is the worst thing like you guys have to do Something about this mm-hmm. like you guys have like Leprechaun shit all over your face
2: yeah. and,
0: and it's like we could be getting Off whack we could be getting whacked off right now as a, As a team and Everybody's like hmm I I, I could get on board with this, and I think at one point Tony Orlando was, like turning around, he's like, "We gonna get odd no?" Is it? I think it's Jamie's father's like, "We gonna get our
1: dick sucked?" Yeah, and, something like that.
0: And then. Oh god I forget what happens Like right here the Adam Saylor starts talking to the head masseuse Again he's like unless Mrs. Ravensdale Wants to whip him out we'd love to see them mm-hmm. And she's like you know you're an imbecilic Immature asinine childish Caveman like hairy knuckles Single chromosomal obnoxious uneducated Ignorant asshole who I'd like to Fuck hard and long <laughs> And there's like a pause and Donnie Turns around and I love this As a euphemism for sex Oh yeah so I'm going to put a dent in that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you guys get cleaned up. I'll meet you in 30 or something like that. <laughs>
0: I love that. I, I This movie has such a razor sharp wit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The
1: timing is, is on point.
3: Unless uh, Mrs. Ravensdale, you want to whip them knockers out? We'd love to see them. All right, you know what? You are an imbecilic, immature, asinine, childish, caveman like, hairy knuckle, single chromosomal, obnoxious, uneducated, ignorant asshole who I would like to fuck hard and long So I'm gonna
1: go put a dent
0: in that. You guys get that green juice off your face, I'll be back in twenty.
1: So yes, but, but
0: like Rob said, this is where the film transitions into the, the true bachelor party.
1: Yeah, yeah, we get a good old party montage type of thing. Um, you know, they're all having debauchery and whatnot and And um, I don't I don't think I have much to say about this until the third phase of the bachelor party where it's just um, Todd and Donnie and they have to go get vanilla ice.
0: But even during this whole, like, second phase of the bachelor party, um, I love how, like, Will Forte is explaining to Lunell that, like, I've only seen three vaginas in my life. Oh. My wife, my daughters, and my aunts, who was an unfortunate incident on a tandem bicycle. And Lunell just, like, lifts up her, like, legs. She's like, now you've seen four, baby. And yeah. he's like, whoa, I think maybe it's four and five after seeing that. <laughs> it's like- <laughs> But yes, we get the dance number, or not like the musical montage, and we see all the absurd like absurd stuff. We see a uh, tie connecting with a uh, Lunell's daughter, Bree. Um, we have a bunch of stuff. Like, we see like at one point, I guess Lunell has a tennis ball in her uh, hoo ha. Mm-hmm. She does something with her legs, and Kenny catches it. Um, yeah, like that's like it, it, that's the stuff that's the raunchy with a capital R.
1: Yeah. Oh, definitely.
0: But even I love the like, oh God, the DJ at the at the club and like I love how just okay, what would be the right word for it. just so uh, a void of like charisma and it's like this yes. musical number goes out to tie
1: bridges. <laughs> yeah yeah, very monotone.
0: That. yeah yeah thank you, monotone. And yeah, I, I want that person if we're gonna have I, I think if we're gonna have like a commander D at the Cinematis restaurant, I want the the DJ at uh, bacon and legs. Champale would like to
3: dedicate this to Mr.
1: Todd
2: Peterson.
1: Oh, okay, okay. That's I, I can get behind that. I think we might have some um we might have some competition if we ever get to the goods. Because DJ Request, played by Craig Robinson from the goods, is also one of my favorite characters ever. Because his name is DJ Request, and he gets angry every time someone requests a song from him. And he does like an inner monologue where he's like, They will try to break you, DJ, but you must stand strong. <laughs> hey DJ
3: This place is about to pop Why don't you throw on some Charlie Daniels Good
2: call
3: Nobody tells DJ requests what to play Let them tell you what to play They lose respect for you They lose respect for you, you lose control Not today
0: Alright Alright, it's phase two of the uh, the, the Bachelor party ends uh, Donnie sends everybody else home Him and Todd kind of do their own thing mm-hmm. He gives Todd the earring That Mrs. McGarrickle gave him by literally Piercing his ear in the parking lot Of bacon and legs <laughs> yeah. um, And the most kind of like, like oddly horrific Scene in the movie And as that like scene wraps up We see Will Forte Getting a blowjob from the stripper With the headgear
1: yep yep (laughs) and he's and he's
0: crying he's like what am i doing how am i gonna do this and the stripper pulls away from him he's like don't stop yeah (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it okay after that they then i love how like after donnie gives him the earring he's like yo man it's so cool you look like the drummer from foreigner yep (laughs) (laughs) and then they go to the ice rink where we see uh vanilla ice who is serving chicken nuggets
1: yep yep they uh todd has the realization that his uncle vanny during his childhood was just vanilla ice
0: (laughs) (laughs) who else that guy with the i thought you were a guy who liked to wear parachute pants
1: (laughs) yeah and then they uh adam sandler and vanilla ice make up with each other because he says he's sorry and it won't happen again he's like that's all i wanted to hear dog and then um (laughs) they they they're gonna leave he's they're like you want to come party with us ice and he goes yeah he's like i'm way ahead of you he pulls out a bong from behind the counter but as they're leaving we get the great todd bridges cameo as someone else who's working at the concession stand who says something like vanilla ice where you going you got to fry these chicken nuggets i don't know how to fry chicken nuggets
0: <laughs> <laughs> but i love how even that's set up prior like after that happens um, or, or, or I'm sorry prior to that we have the thing Where it's like, like Donnie you want to hit He's like I can't do that in front of my son turn around Turn yeah. around <laughs> he, he does it hit off the bog And then gives it back to Vanilla Ice And like you said Vanilla Ice like, hops over the thing Todd Bridges is like freaking out And somebody comes up to Todd like, This is what I mean the scene <laughs> lingers It doesn't just like any other movie would cut away That moment of mm-hmm. Todd Bridges throwing His hands up into the air and we'd be moving on To the ice rink scene But no we have somebody come. We have two random patrons come up and be like, "Hi, can we have some something?" And Todd Bridges is like, "We don't have those. Get out of here, man." And he oh, turns around.
1: Yeah, because he's like, he's like, we don't. He's like, "Do you see that on the menu?" And he turns around. And he goes, "Oh shit, it is on the menu." <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That's a great little beat. That it's so unnecessary in terms of the movie, but it's perfect comedic timing, and it just—it's the cherry on top of that great scene already.
3: Hey, oh, hey, what do you think you want, Mr. Vanilla Ice Cream? I'm going out for the night, man. Oh, hell now man. You know I don't know how to fry no damn chicken nuggets. It's all right, British. Yeah, yeah yeah, what, yeah, yeah. what's this? What you talking about, Willis? Uh, you come back and say it to my face, you fake white rapping motherfucker. God, seriously, though, you look great. How's Mr. Drummond doing? <laughs> 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 Mr. Fuck you! Mr. Drummond, Mr. Can I What? what you want? Rolling
0: chili nuggets. A what? You like a shit on the menu, man. Shit, it is. Damn. It's a perfect flourish.
1: Yes. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> That's delightful. It's it's absolutely delightful.
1: That's um, a, that I didn't I didn't have it written down but now that I'm thinking about it that is exactly how we want some of our wait staff to yeah to respond you know do you see that shit on the menu oh oh it is on the menu
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you know? What new what the, to me <laughs> do you know what the item the guy's ordering is
1: i it sounded like chicken something i don't think it's chicken nuggets but i couldn't really make it out I, either
0: i have the subtitles and this okay. is what it
1: is okay. um, and
0: this is and i think this is gonna be at least one snack
1: oh right on
0: the person wants to order chili nuggets chili nuggets Ooh, I'm intrigued. I know that, that that's kind of like cheese on a stick during Charlie's Angels full throttle. It's like it sounds obvious, but when you think about it, it's like
1: what? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. My first guess is that it's chicken nuggets with chili put on top of them, like chili fries. Sure, but then you could also have like I don't know, chili baked into or deep fried into something like a nugget. You know? Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay, I like it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But yes at this point we have Vanilla Ice Todd and Donnie doing their thing They're at an ice rink they steal a woman's hat And they just kind of play keep away with it For some reason Yep. (laughs) Yeah we have things like that Where and then they get chased out of the ice rink We then cut to a couple shots of Todd Bridges Getting high on the ice rink With the same bong that Vanilla Ice Was using Um, And I love how they're running out of the ice rink We're still wearing the skates and everybody else That's chasing them just collapses (laughs) They then go to like a bodega As they Mm -hmm. try to like what, chug a six-pack of beer as the guy as the attendant sees them, pulls out a shotgun and starts shooting at them as they run away.
1: Yeah. And and as they're (laughs)
0: running Yeah, yeah,
1: as they're they're leaving, he chases them out of the store with the shotgun, and we get the great like scene of where it just focuses on the the bodega owner and he's like, those seem like some pretty cool guys. (laughs) I want to party with them. And he proceeds to continue to party with them (laughs) for the rest of the shotgun. yeah. I, in that shot that you mentioned Of we
0: like the The shot of the bodega owner with the shotgun He says the line The billboard in the, in the, the background bill, The yeah. Rex Ryan 100 law guy billboard
1: Yeah I guess we should say His phone number is one 800 law guy.
0: It's Like that's what I mean though Like in any other moment the highlight and the focus would be On the bodega owner Yep, And yet you have a gag in the background
1: Oh yeah, it's awesome, it's
0: it's delightful. But then, like after that, they go to the bowling alley and they're just doing the thing where like they they they, they charge the lanes and they mm-hmm. slide, and then they get chased out of the bowling alley uh, as uh, Similarly to how they got chased out of the ice rink. Yeah. <laughs> but this time, the bodega owners with them, and once again, Donnie does not spill his beer when yeah. he's sliding off something
1: oh yeah 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 and we get it like that whole montage uh, which slows down for the uh bike riding scene right no, 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 no it gets better there's even more there because okay. after running out of the 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 bowling the bowling
0: place the bodega owner is shooting his gun in the air oh, yes <laughs> and then in another part of this movie that almost killed me today that i forgot about they're outside some diner, yeah, and they're okay, all okay. taking a whiz on the side of the restaurant. And I'm trying to figure out what the name of it is. I can't. It says it's something diner because of the font. I have a hard time figuring out what it is. Sure, because it's probably a real world location. Mm-hmm. And the whole time they they are peeing on the side of this diner while the patrons are looking out the windows, watching these guys just continue to piss, and they're all shaking their heads. And at one point. The bodega owner, I guess, starts peeing onto the windows,
1: yeah, like upward onto the window, Uh, yes, upwards
0: onto the windows. And a woman starts pointing, being like cursing at him. And then (laughs) the bodega owner takes his shotgun and shoots the window where the people are,
1: yeah, and everybody like ducks and runs. (laughs)
0: love that and the guy when he, after he's done firing everybody's running away or ducking he just like leans backwards as donnie just like kind of like pushes them away yeah yeah that's sort of like, that's like wonder shows in level absurdism oh, you have yeah. four guy i think I, okay i want everybody like this scene like it should be a like a freeze frame of the still and i want this like as like Painted on a wall in my house as a piece of art. <laughs> I think about this. This is an Adam Sandler, Andy Sandberg, this like broad comedy, or it's intended to be that way. Mm-hmm. And in the sequence, we have Andy Sandberg's character being the product of a statutory rape. We have vanilla ice there for some reason. (laughs) They're peeing on the side of a diner while a bodega owner is shooting the window where the people are gawking at them. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like, this is like, this is one of those moments that, like, I could spend days talking about how profound and brilliant this film is (laughs) on one, like, 15 second long sequence.
1: Sure. Yeah. It's, uh, really? it, 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 it is something else for sure. It is. Um, but then going what you were
0: saying, vanilla ice and the bodega owner kind of just like sitting on the stoops. Donnie's trying to teach Todd how to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. Do- uh, Todd is trying and he eventually starts like bike bicy- like pedaling on his own. And while he's looking at Donnie, he crashes into a car and Walt, he's like winded. And he's like, after he, he crashes full on into the car. And as he's trying to like, get, like regain his breath, Two fat people get out of the car and they start, I I mean, like, I'd say borderline like morbidly obese. And the fat guy's like, what the hell, dude? I'm trying to make love to my wife. And and both the fat people literally start just chasing Todd around the street.
1: Yes. And, And during this whole scene, I think it only cuts for when the crash happens we get a fantastic edit of tom per- tom petty's american girl like <laughs> like for this momentous moment and you know when he he's able to ride the bike like i said it cuts for the crash and then picks back up when the chase ensues yep. and it's great it's so it's such a light touch it's it's a great song it's just the instrumental portion and it's like a great example of how to edit a song into a movie to, for yep. effect it's fantastic
0: yep it's 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 clever it really is
3: Right. Here we go. Alright. Come on. Okay. Push, push. I got you. I'm not good It's all right. All right. All right. balance. It's just balance. You got this kid. You're an athlete. You got it. No, no it's in you, buddy. It's I, right. no. I got you. I ain't gonna let you fall. Don't let me go. I won't let you fall. Don't man. let go. All right. I'm still with you. Okay. Right. I'm still with you. Let's pick up some speed okay. I'm with you, guys. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm, with you. I'm not letting go. go. I'm not letting go. Don't I'm let with go. you, my boy.
2: Wait. I'm with you, my boy. Yeah, that's all you! I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Dude, I'm trying to make love to my wife. No! Fucking naked
2: people. I'm gonna fucking kill you! What the fuck? Get off! Go! Go! Go!
0: This film is not just comedic masterpiece, it's an editing masterpiece.
1: Oh yeah. Oh definitely.
0: Um, and then they they have to head back home. Oh oh, oh, yeah. I love I love how he says, dude, I'm trying to make love to my wife. Oh she cuts to Adam's tail. He's like fucking naked people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the two fat people are like, "I'm gonna kill you!" And Todd goes, "Oh my god, they're chasing me!" <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and the whole time, Vanilla Ice and the bodega owner are just like, like, like scattering while the naked fat man's like underwear falling down.
1: Yep, yep, yeah, very little That's clothing. Right. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much.
0: And then um, after that, we have another heart to heart between Donnie and uh, Todd. And then we we see Todd. We see him, like, fondling Jamie's dress, and we see that uh, Jamie sees the dress has been thrown up and jizzed on. Yeah, you puked on
1: my dress and then fucked it?
0: (laughs) Um, And then, because of her screaming, Donnie comes racing in with nunchucks. Yes.
1: And while he's wearing the grandmother's robe. Because yes. while Todd while Todd thinks that the mannequin with the dress on it is Jamie, Donnie ends up sleeping with the grandmother. <laughs> yes.
0: And then while uh, Jamie continues to kind of te- kind of tear both of them a new one, Vanilla Ice shows up, packing heat, about to shoot somebody, and he's wearing the lower half of the grandma's <laughs> bathing suit.
1: <laughs> yeah. And doesn't Jamie say something like, "Why is Vanilla Ice here"? <laughs> <laughs> And then Todd's like, he's my other best friend. I love it. I love it. Yeah, the, the vanilla, the vanilla ice is a nice touch playing himself for sure. Like this is like, if this was
0: any other movie, like Vanilla Ice would probably get awards nominations for this because it's just, <laughs> it's such like, like the movie's openly mocking him most of the time. Oh yeah, definitely. That's the weird thing with this movie is that like the movie, like, there's no pulling punches about like the state of Vanilla Ice's career by the time this was being made.
1: Yeah, and I, I love that the whole meta aspect of of him in in, the, in this movie is fantastic. It is. It's delightful. And then like even toward the end, because he plays a huge role in the climax. Oh yeah.
0: But I do like at the end of the sequence with the dress. Uh, Adam Sandler turns around to Todd and he's like, "You just on the mannequin. Respect." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um. Then after that, we get a bunch of the stuff when it comes to Mrs. McGarrickle. Todd goes to the prison. Donnie like kind of races to stop him. Randall Morgan's there. Todd's humiliated. He craps his pants. We should we should mention that Todd has an extra pair of underwear that he keeps in case yep. of emergencies because when he was younger, he craps his pants at like soccer practice and Donnie wasn't there to help to pick him up, so he had to walk home with crap in his pants, but because of the events of their ba- of the Bachelor party, he convinces Todd to give that up and mm-hmm. at the prison he craps himself while being filmed by Randall Morgan's thing
1: yeah because he, he gets he, tased. yeah yep I, I do have to say about the women's prison um, inspired casting of Susan Sarandon as Andy Sandberg's mm-hmm. mother because she was also his mother in the mother lover video of The Lonely Island. And the also inspired casting of young Miss McGarrickle is Susan Sarandon's daughter. It's it's perfect.
0: Oh, it really is because that's okay that's that's really clever and i think at this point susan sarandon will do anything she's been in so many trashy movies it's kind of like as long as the check clears she's happy <laughs> sure but but i love that like even when they, i forget the, the name of susan sarandon's daughter i i, I don't know her name is the actress
1: oh but it like, is i i have it it is it's, insane it's a it is ava uh, Amori martino <laughs> now that's a name. Yes. <laughs>
0: um, but like the, even like when they cast her though, because like I don't think any even like in the negative podcasts and reviews I were read I was reading and listening to, nobody denies how pretty she is as an actress or as a oh, person.
2: Yeah.
0: And I think that's another brilliant part of this movie is that, like if you are gonna cast an actress to play a teacher that commits statutory rape, you pick the most gorgeous woman you possibly could sure sure so like you kind of for like uh, not women in the audience of course but any man in the audience watching that is like "Eh."
1: yeah 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 and at the beginning especially when we see her you know it just adds to that playing everything up to the maximum with that satirical aspect like you know get someone who is that attractive it's only going to make the message hit home even more one thing i do want to
0: kind of bring up not to like backtrack Like,
1: after they have, like, their first, like,
0: sexual encounter, we see uh, Donnie, like, riding his bicycle to her house, and he's the one bringing the wine coolers. Oh, yep. yep. Why why is the underage minor bringing the
1: alcohol? I don't know, because he has the wine coolers for her, and then he busts out Yoohoo for himself, right? Exactly. It's like, why— Yeah. she's
0: the adult, why wouldn't she just—I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Also, on the Susan Sarandon, the scene with her when— She's like, she's like, oh, I love you. I've always loved you, Donnie. And he's like, I've always loved you too, Mister Garrickle. And she starts to like sexually unbutton her prison jump shoot. There's a Hulk Hogan T-shirt underneath Yeah, I love it. that. I love it. <laughs> Another great little touch.
0: But even like after that, because that's when the movie becomes a little bit more serious. Like the, like mm-hmm. the jokes kind of calm down. Because I know Donnie goes to like what their a rehearsal dinner and confronts them because he he hears Jamie having a conversation on the phone.
1: Yep. And he thinks that uh, it's he has evidence or proof or knowledge that she's sleeping with the boss for whatever reason, because she wants money and marrying Todd and all that stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is like the, the low point of the of the relationship, like the things have to go wrong so they can reconcile later on.
0: But then, like, I love how he goes back to the strip club. And he's talking to Kenny and Kenny. and They're watching Jamie and, and Todd from a distance. And Kenny's like, the only way to get to Todd is through Jamie. She's the gatekeeper. And it's like, well, how am I going to do that? women love ice cream <laughs>
1: yes oh which leads the, the the opening scene of the hotel when he walks to like the the check-in desk i oh, absolutely, absolutely love because he's just adam sandler just walks up i guess we, sh- we should preface this because we're gonna have to get to it that after the rehearsal dinner todd thinks he's gonna go back um home or wherever with his fiance, but Chad's like, no, I'm going to drive her into the city, like, it's bad luck, blah, 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 night before the wedding or whatever. And then Todd's like, this is weird, like, your parents don't have a car now, like, what's going on? And so uh, Donnie knows that she's staying at that hotel, he has to go get ice cream, and he walks into the hotel with just two ice cream cones, <laughs> not even, like, like an ice cream in a, in a carton or anything like that, like, just loose ice cream cones. He walks up to the, the hotel desk, and he's like, hi, my name is Todd Peterson. No, you're not. You're Donnie Berger. You're the kid that slept with your teacher. Adam Sandler just turns, walks one person over and goes, hello. My name is Todd Peterson. Hello, Mr. Peterson. What can I do for you? And he like gets the room number. And then we get the great shot of the two like hotel people. And he, the, the guy who worked with Adam Sandler and his plan, he goes, if the legendary Donnie Berger comes in here using a fake name, you go with it. <laughs> Hi. I'm Todd Peterson. No, you're not. You're Donnie Berger. You fucked your teacher in the seventh grade. (laughs) Hi, I'm Todd
3: Peterson. Hey, Mr. Peterson. What can I do for you? What room was my fiance in again? Let me check. 641. You're a fucking stud. Hey, when the legendary Donnie Berger comes in here using a fake name, you go with it! All right, I will! Hold on a second, baby.
0: yeah, it's delightful. It's, oh, it's that, genuinely
1: that turn, delightful. I love that. I love that just comedic beat, like, period of gun going like, hello, like, I have this information. That information is wrong. Go one step over to somebody else who is still in earshot. Hello, here's the lie again. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is hilarious. It really is. It, it's, it's, it's delightful.
0: It's, <laughs> it is.
1: Yeah, and so then he gets up to the hotel room. He has his ice cream still. It's not melting at all, of course. Um, he's, he's going to go to the room to, uh, get on the good side of Jamie. He hears sex noises from behind the door. So he sneaks out of some window. Is it from a hallway window or is it a window in another room? It's, is it it's another room because it's another
0: room because we can see the, uh, the maid's cart.
1: Ah, okay. Okay. And he's, he's, uh, climbing the ledge of the hotel with the two ice cream cones like we said earlier, he pulls out a beer from his sock. This got me the first time I watched this because I thought he was going to pull out the beer and, like, like, throw it away or put it down to, like, make it easier to climb the ledge. But no, he uses the ledge to open it and drinks it, of course. And he gets into the room and – do you want to do this reveal, Zach, because we had to hold it off from later – Uh, really kind of the the motivating force of the rest of the movie is who she's sleeping with
0: well yes because even like when he see he goes outside the hotel room and he hears her moaning and she's like you're half the size of Todd but you know how to use it so much better (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) again you don't need that but it's perfect again it's a flourish but yes um I've become the unofficial expert of these sort of reveals in Cinemaghi's movies whether it be That's My Boy or Elves um, Adam Sandler sees that she's having sex with somebody he deliberately puts the cones upside down on the ledge yes. and so he starts confronting like Jamie cuz we how she's positioned in this sequence or how it's framed we see her from the back but we don't see who she's straddling and she's like aha Mr. Steve Goldstein and we see that She is having sex with her brother, Chad.
1: Yes. (laughs) And, like, all three of them freak out simultaneously for different reasons, of course. But, oh, it's fantastic. (laughs)
0: And I love how Adam Sandler immediately runs through all the reasons as to how it could be explained. like, stepbrother, adopted... (laughs) <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he starts freaking out. and It's like you're not and like, and, oh, God. Jamie's like, you don't understand. He's like, I don't think Charlie Sheen would understand what's <laughs> yeah. going on. Yes,
1: that was a that was a great line for sure. <laughs>
0: Again, it's also a reference because like considering that everybody everybody knows about Charlie Sheen's just like legendary level escapades mm-hmm. on in sexual conquest. But then I love how even Todd just gets out of the bed naked and just try, starts, like, trying to explain to Donnie. And, and the closer he gets, Donnie, like, ex- like vomits into the ice bucket.
1: Oh, yeah. And Donnie gives the great line where he's like, Chad, adultery is bad, but incest is fucked up. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> Todd's explanation is, this was the last time, because once she gets married, we won't do this anymore.
1: Yes. And, and yeah, it is, it is interesting because, you know, what even Jamie's, like – we're attractive people. This is what attractive people do. They have sex with each other.
3: With each other? Uh, Am I... This is... Uh, is he your... stepbrother at least? Or a... adopted or something? No reply. So it's real. Oh my God. Uh, uh Donnie, Donnie, you don't, you don't understand what's going on here. I don't think Charlie, she would understand what's going on here. Look... I love Todd, and we're gonna get married, and we're gonna have a great life together. And yes, I- I've had sex with Chad from time to time. Uh,
2: uh, it's what
3: good-looking people do. They, they have uh, sex with other good-looking people, uh, you know? Just so happens that this one particular good-looking person is my little brother. Oh, okay. It's all making sense to me now. I, I know that sounded bad, but Donnie, this was gonna be the last time. I would never carry on with a married woman. I've got better morals than that, Donnie. Chad, adultery is bad. Mm-hmm. But incest is fat! Oh, oh, please don't let him tell Mommy about our secret tickle time. Secret tickle time? You got a name
0: for it?
1: Yeah! It's something else. It's something else. <laughs>
0: And Todd gets back into bed. He's like, don't let him tell mommy about our secret tickle time. Secret tickle
1: time? You even have a name for it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you're a disgrace, that uniform. Then Jamie reveals that he's not a marine he just buys it on he buys outfits on eBay cuz he doesn't want dad to know that he's a modern jazz singer jazz dancer,
1: dancer yes and Adam Which sets Sand- up some great great jokes later on <laughs> and Adam Sandler says
0: that's possibly worse than the incest thing <laughs> yeah
1: oh
2: man
0: <laughs> okay and at this point um, uh, Jamie pretty much gives Adam Sandler the ultimatum that if you don't tell Todd I'll write you a check to get you out of your IRS woes but <laughs> Adam Sandler takes a picture to blackmail them, and I love that when he snaps this impromptu picture that Todd actually does a flexing motion.
1: Yeah, oh, God. Milo Ventimiglia is perfect in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> he poses. It's so funny.
0: At this point, somehow you take a movie that's already at a 9, and you dial up to a 10.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then it, right. it, leads, in, it leads into the finale perfectly because now we know that our, our character, Donnie, is conflicted because he's he's gotten on good terms with his son or he wants to be on good terms with his son. And he w- needs to, you know, be free of the IRS. And, you know, so we have that kind of, you know, will he, won't he moment. And, of course, we know that there's going to be a feel-good kind of come back together. But the way it plays out at the wedding is just superb.
0: Because even, like, how, like, he, he connects with... Uh with uh Vanilla Ice again. And I love how Vanilla Ice is like living in a rundown like motel like like a crack den. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and apparently it's been he's been living there for a while because when Donnie Burger like goes up to before he even gets to the door aren't there people in the neighborhood that are like, "Yo, Donnie Burger, what's up?" Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's just Vanilla Ice's residence for the past how many years, so it's great. Vanilla Ice is another one who's like a, it's, he's not a straight man this, but he's certainly a punching bag.
0: Mhm. And then we had the moment where they play. They they put the cassette tape in, and they go racing toward the uh, the wedding. And their car gets stuck in the sand. But they need tunes. They need to be listening to music while they stop this. Yes. And they so Vanilla Ice has a Walkman, and they both have one earbud and as they go like running
1: jointly toward the <laughs> wedding. Yep. And there's a little label on the cassette that says "Save My Son Mix." Yeah. Um, yep. So I'm only assuming that means that before they left, they took the time to create a mixtape and label it. <laughs> yep. That's
0: delightful. Absolutely delightful. Um, and then we have the wedding where all this is going on. Uh, Donnie shows up and it's like, like I object. You already went past that part. Well, and we have the review. What are my
1: options? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we have the whole thing where like he threatens Jamie. He's like, you better tell him, or I'm gonna tell everybody. And she like whispers into his ear And he's like well that's not that bad And it's like you better tell him And so she whispers into his ear And then like Andy Sandberg like, kind of has like, like a second Where he's like pondering it And he's like what? You're having sex with your brother? Yeah. And, er- and everybody in the crowd like freaks out And possibly a-, a fantastic moment In the Adam Sandler cinematic universe <laughs> We get Dr. Shockaloo probably the most overlooked character in grandma's boy Mm -hmm. turn around and say one of my favorite quotes which i say a lot i say i I know i say that a couple times on this (laughs) podcast i'll say quotes but rob knows because rob now has the gif on his phone oh yeah and it's a delightful gif and dr shakalu says the quote of
1: fucking white people (laughs) yeah it's a great cutaway to just him pretty much and he's shaking his head oh it's perfect
0: You fuck your brother? Oh my god! Fucking white people.
3: <laughs> I'm not looking so bad now, am I, Dad? <laughs> I love
1: and it. I think, is that also the same review where Dante is like, I'm not yep. so much of a fuck up now, Dad? <laughs> Yes,
0: and then like we're all. It also comes out that a Tony Orlando has been sleeping with Jamie, and he's like, "Todd, I- I've been sleeping with Jamie too." But that incest thing, I didn't know about that, and that's messed up.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then somewhere in there, Adam Sandler says he's like, and he's like, "It's okay, though. I had sex with your mother," to Tony Orlando, and then Dante's like. Done or, or oh, Vanilla Ice? He's like Vanilla Ice had sex with Grandma. That's awesome, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just perfect because it's like it, these characters are not set up. You need to know them from Grandma's Boy, but it just no. fits in so well. <laughs> like who would have thought that? Like you need
0: to watch an obscure stoner <laughs> comedy from like 2006 to fully appreciate an Adam Sandler <laughs> comedy.
1: I think that's that's another reason like why it just it gels so well, you know, it comes out of nowhere and and it's perfect. It makes sense. It, it it all like just comes together for this great conclusion.
0: (laughs) It really does. It's because even like at the wedding, we see the, the bodega owner. He's there too. For some reason. That's right.
1: That's right. Oh yeah. And then, uh, who Adam Sandler knocks a bunch of people out. I think. No, what knocked- what,
0: happen- what happens is is that like the like the wedding is ruined. Chad goes storming off. Jamie's like tries like one final attempt to reconcile. And she's like, oh, your life is screwed up. My life is screwed up. Come on, Dr. Shakalu, get up here and marry us. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, like I'm better than you. And he has this moment where he's like, I'm not Todd Peterson. I'm Han Solo Berger, yes. Captain of the Millennium Falcon, who made the <laughs> the Kessler run in less than 12 parsecs. <laughs> yeah. And while, that's, I, while he's having like this montage, and like you said, that's the moment where it's like, you know what, Mr. Pierro, Spiro? Vanilla Ice and Donnie had sex with your mother. And mm-hmm. we have that and then, like we see Jamie goes like running up with like a chair to like hit Todd and Adam Sandler whacks her across the head with the bottle. Yeah, which so is what the he does. Re- yeah, he which he does to pretty much everybody. And Vanilla and then-
1: Ice has the fantastic line where as his like Donnie's hype man, he goes, Word to your mother, brother fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Word to your mother, brother
0: fucker. And then Chad starts coming after Donnie, but he doesn't have the bottle now. And then oh, James I love that. Con- he's
1: he's checking all his pockets and everything for another beer bottle.
0: <laughs> and then uh, 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 James Kahn punches Chad out.
1: Yes. And then another, the last bit of Milo Ventimiglia we get to see, but James Caan knocks him out. Because earlier, Todd told him that Chad was the one who knocked him out at the previous fight. And when Milo Ventimiglia hits the ground, and as he's passing out, he does jazz hands. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh my god, it's delightful.
0: It's 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 delightful. And I think it's funny too. Like he not like Adam Sandler knocks out Jamie like in any other movie. The fact of the main star knocking a woman out with a beer bottle. Like just think mm-hmm. about that. Like yeah. think about that as a, as a thing that happens in the movie nowadays. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah.
0: It's delightful. It's delightful. And then like pretty much we have our wrap-up where um they're all at the strip club. They're all they have a, a going-away party for Donnie because he's about to go to prison because he didn't get the money.
1: Kenny uh, to- says something like Donnie, you're my best friend. I'm gonna miss you. And we've only seen him for like 20 <laughs> seconds combined in the movie.
0: And he's like clutching the strip pole.
1: Yep, yep.
0: <laughs> and then, like, they're, like okay, so you have that, and Todd's like, la- I'm sorry, Han burgers like, okay, like, Dad, I'll give you the money, don't worry about it. And, and Donnie's like, no nope, nope, I made my bed, I gotta lay in it. And when I get out, Mrs. McGarrick will get out, and we'll all be a family again. Yeah. And then, like, Rex Ryan comes running into the strip club, and he's like, Donnie, Donnie, uh, I don't think we mentioned this in the yeah, very I, beginning.
1: I think I mentioned it, like, halfway into the, m- I, I think I thought of it halfway to the movie, that we didn't set up the tubby took uh, Adam Sandler bet on the fat guy to win the Boston marathon at the beginning. Yep.
0: Yep, and we have that and Rex Ryan comes in and tells him like, "Oh, he's doing it. He's doing it and they're watching it in real time as he like falls down and someone gives him like a gallon of chocolate milk."
1: And <laughs> that's going to starts- replenish him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, we have that, and they win, and because what? What were the odds? Eight thousand
1: to, to one. And Donnie put like what twenty dollars on them. <laughs> yep, twenty dollars. So a hundred. They go beep beep
0: boop boop. hundred and sixty grand, <laughs> man, and all's well that ends well. And we get in the credits, in what? Van Halen song plays over the credits.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I I do want to say I I had to look into it because it very clearly shows when Tubby Took wins the marathon that he gets it with a time of two hours, one minute, and 37 seconds. So I was like, okay, is this a joke? Is that the fastest time a marathon's ever been run? And the answer is yes. At the time of this, <laughs> at the time of this movie filming, the, the world record was two hours, two minutes, and 57 seconds. So a full, like, so Tubby Took beat that by a minute and 20. But since this movie came out, I think it was two years ago, someone beat that record... At two oh one thirty nine, so Tubby Took still has two seconds on the world record for a marathon. <laughs> 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 like this joke still works. <laughs> it's delightful.
0: It's delightful. Oh yeah! It. Oh, I love man, this movie yeah. so much.
1: That'll yep. replenish him. That'll, That'll replenish him. Yeah. Oh yeah! It's uh, another
0: it's... another food item for the restaurant. <laughs> oh,
1: so, it's, it's
0: fantastic. This movie is a trip. This movie uh, yeah. So I guess with that being is there anything else about the movie Rob or should we go into our questions?
1: I uh, I don't think about the movie. I did want to highlight though um the psychotic legend of Uncle Donnie. Which okay. Is uh, so when I was researching this movie, I I was after watching it, of course, I was very intrigued in like you know, like I said at the start of this, like I in my eyes Adam Sandler kind of fell off from what he used to be. And so, you know, what happened? Like, how did this kind of complete story, this complete character come about? And I was surprised to see that it wasn't anything kind of recent from Adam Sandler. But the sources I found said that, you know, Adam Sandler based the character of Donnie Berger off of Uncle Donnie, which is a character from a sketch on his 1999 comedy album, Stan and Judy's Kid. It's It's like 11 or 12 minutes long. Um, I asked, I sent it to Zach, and I asked Zach before we recorded if he listened to it, and he's like, I, I only got through the first five minutes, and that is the toughest part to get through. It's very dry, but the premise is that it, it's a sketch about Uncle Donnie, who is, in, as far as I can tell, the same character as Donnie Berger in the movie, in Affect at least. Um, Uncle Donnie is taking some friends out on a boat so they can go water skiing, and in the very beginning, it's revealed that Donnie stole the boat and switched the plates, and so, you know, he's doing that kind of, oh, I can do whatever I want type of stuff. But as the sketch goes on, Donnie ends up killing all three of his friends. And the only thing that really, like, I I liked about this sketch was that, you know, the first guy, he goes out to water ski, he has trouble, so he, like, falls off, and they have to go back out and get him in the boat. And Donnie's driving the boat, and I think he's drinking beer and rum while this is happening. And there's a part in this sketch where um he, like, is near the guy who needs to get back into the boat, but he's not close enough. And so Donnie says something, oh, I know what to do, a little reverse action. And he backs up over the friend and it kills him.
3: Don't worry, Donnie. Shit. take your time.
1: Fuck this shit.
0: Fuck! Let me fucking try a little
3: reverse action. Hey, Donnie, you, you're getting a little close to
2: Petey. Slow down, Donnie. Hey, Donnie, slow down! Donnie,
1: slow Oh, my leg! And then there, it's, it's a great rule of threes example, because as he keeps, like, killing his friends type of thing, he keeps saying, he's like, how about a little reverse action? And I think for the second one, he says something like both of his friends are angry at him because he's doing something stupid and hurting them. And he's like, I got a wake up call for both you fuckers. It's called a little reverse action.
3: Just, Just calm ah! down. He's fucking in a panic. Whoa! Should I know what to do. A little reverse action. What are you doing, Donnie! Oh, God,
2: stop, Donnie. Stop, Donnie. Stop, Donnie.
1: And he keeps reversing into people. And eventually the cops show up. Uh, or like the water police or whatever. And Donnie's like, Uh-oh, all my friends are dead, and I've been drinking. I gotta make it look like this wasn't my fault. So he cuts his own hand off, and the cops like seem to not care about this. They try and get Donnie. Donnie falls off the boat, and the end of the sketch is the cops are like, what should we do? How about a little reverse action? And they run over Donnie and arrest him. (laughs) So I was was kind of—I haven't listened to a lot of Adam Sandler's, like, stand-up or anything, but that, like, I definitely got the sense of, you know, why he got so popular early on because— once you're on board, like we were saying with this movie, once you know the character, once you're along for the ride, it it works in this weird, absurdist way, and just you know the phrase a little reverse action. It just kind of strikes a chord, and I don't know why.
0: <laughs> I couldn't suffer through the whole thing. Maybe I'll go back. We'll probably oh that the, the, the
1: first few minutes are are rough for sure, and it's just like there's nothing to this. It really takes until like, people start dying for something to to get going. <laughs>
0: I guess we should also point out that apparently I couldn't find any corroborating evidence of this, but I saw a bunch online that Adam Sandler attended Andy Sandberg's wedding in character as Donnie. Oh, oh, my God.
1: That would have been amazing to see.
0: <laughs> like, I, 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 I tried sourcing it, like, figure out where that came from. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of, I guess it's IMDb, but considering the IMDb trivia doesn't ask for sources.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: So, I don't know. I, I typed in online. I think Adam, uh, Andy Samberg got married in 2013, so it was well after this film was released. Okay. So, I don't know. Like I think that's a weird, like, okay. It's weird in one sense to, like, attend a, friend, a celebrity friend's wedding as a character from a movie that you both starred in that bombed. <laughs> yeah. I find that fascinating as a concept, um, but again, who knows how true it is.
1: Sure. Yeah, that's, I, that's a I, neat little story though if it is true. For sure. If it is true, it's fabulous. Um but
0: yeah, so uh that's
1: that's my boy. Yep, yep. If you if you haven't seen this movie, check it out uh unless you are like Die hard against this type of stuff, because I, I could totally get it if, if if you know, statutory rape and all this kind of offensiveness is definitely not your cup of tea. I don't think you're going to like this movie. But if you wrote it off because other people just said it was like one of the worst things they've ever seen, it's just like Gili Actually give it a shot. You know, we're not saying you're going to love it like we did. But, you know, don't just write it off because other people, you know, just said it was pathetic and pitiful and never gave any actual analysis of it.
0: Yeah, I think Gigli's different because Gigli is more, like, under the surface. Like, it's more uh, veiled in its bizarreness. Like, you can put Gigli on the background unless you're paying attention. You're really not going to know about anything weird going on. Sure. This movie is so in-your-face about just how, oh, God, (laughs) like, harsh it is.
1: Oh, Definitely.
0: Yeah, it's a bristly film, and I guess my my overall like this would be my recommendation would be like if you've ever said the phrase "you can't joke about blank," Mm -hmm. then this movie's not not for you. Yeah, yeah, if if you've ever said the phrase "there's nothing funny about insert whatever concerns you here," then you're not going to take anything away from this
1: movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: But if you're a fan of absurdist comedies.
1: Oh, then this this is a home run. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: this this is nothing short of a masterpiece.
1: <laughs> I hell, I never thought I'd be saying this about that's my boy. I, I was kind of baffled when I sat down to watch it that first time. I was like, I would never watch this unless it was for the podcast. But yep. it's one of those things. It's a great, great gem to find for sure. It is. There there's gems out there.
0: Um so I guess questions. Cinemati and or late night movie, Rob.
1: Yes. So late night, I give it a yes, capital Y E S especially for those who, you know, kind of fall into the same vein that I did, where I love some old Adam Sandler, but kind of got out of it for, you know, a slew of reasons. I definitely think this is one to watch. And, it, of course, it's good fun. And And it, I wouldn't even go as far to say it's a know your audience, because it's kind of like if someone's already around with you for a late night movie, you'd have to know them to some extent. Um, maybe not like a like a first, second or third date type of movie. Maybe know them a little better than that. But, but it's a, it's a capital yes for me. Cinemodities, man, I'm torn on cinemodities because this is, it it is, it is so more complete and well done than I ever would have expected from Adam Sandler. Anything that I would expect from like a comedy in, you know, the, I guess, I guess the post, you know, 2010 era and especially the comedies today, even though this was uh, years ago. But at the same time, it just rings true of like the, the old school Adam Sandler that I really liked with the insanity, with the offensiveness so I, I think I'm leaning towards no, but but I, I guess maybe it's more of a cinemotity in the sense of, you know, when it came out and the time we are in now, because like you said earlier, Zach, this would not exist today. Like it's almost a miracle that it exists at all, I would say. And that that gives it a little bit of cinemotities leaning towards for me. But I'm, I'm torn. I, I think I got to hear what you want to say.
0: Late night, of course. Like Rob said, this is like like any cinema, like like any film that's a late night movie. You have to know your audience, but this is one that you either know immediately or you don't. There's yeah. no <laughs> waffling on this. You know, you can usually guess whether the your audience will appreciate this. In ninety nine point nine percent of the time, it's gonna be no. Um, as for cinemaity, I was also a little bit uh, like kind of on the fence with this, but I think I'm gonna go for a yes because okay. Adam Sandler's never been. He's very rarely blatantly raunchy. Sure. Like he he's Mr. Fa- he's been Mr. family man for pretty much ever, whether it be Big Daddy, the wedding singer, Mr. Deeds. He's always been that guy that like okay, everybody even if you think his stuff is really kind of just uh, contrived, it's at least for the most part there's something there for everybody. Sure. And this is for the most part outside of his not outside of his wheelhouse, but I kind of outside of what he normally does. Mm. And the fact that he's able to do it so well and like we've said for the last two plus hours, there's so much going on in this movie. There's so much so much just god depth that's not to be expected from other Adam Sandler films. Like Mr. Deeds doesn't have this sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm even thinking back, I would say Billy Madison is my old school favorite. And that one's not deep at all, you know. That one that one has more propped up because you know chris farley's in it and you have a lot of the, the characters working together and it's not really dense in the way that we've described this one
0: and i do say i think the u- ultimate linchpin for this being a cinematic this is kind of the uh too long didn't read version is that it's a comedy founded on the premise of a statutory rape leading to a birth yes that <laughs> that alone should get it in like that that's kind yeah, that's of the, a good like, point <laughs> that's like okay you're in and any other argument are just kind of superfluous mm-hmm. But yeah, you have an Adam Sandler movie That costs $75 million That, it's just, it is an Adam Sandler movie You have all this top tier talent You have all these cameos You've got all this stuff going on And the, the backbone of the plot Is statutory rape leads to a birth
1: Yeah, yeah That's, you know, you wouldn't need that Because this movie could have just been Bad dad with, you know, kid that doesn't like him but they set it up in that that whole kind of they throw that other layer to it and okay I'm with you I'm with you it's a, it, that premise wouldn't get made today it hasn't been made previously especially in this kind of um, you know well known of a movie because I think even when you hear Adam Sandler that draws in attention even today with like uncut gems people are like oh Adam Sandler that's that's interesting and so back in 2012 for this to happen this is just something else so okay I'm I'm with you for a yes on Cinemodity
0: cool beans and all right here comes the restaurant questions the best (laughs) part so many snacks rob so many snacks
1: oh yeah i was like losing track of all the snacks i think we've already said some already so this episode when i'm editing it'll keep me on my toes for the uh the spreadsheet um but there were a lot of little snacks that i took from foods of the movie and as i was going through them I was kind of like, I don't know if we should just have, oh, we'll have this and we'll have this and we'll have this because it's just things that were in the movie. So I was thinking about what if we combine them and we turn them into um, another, I think we have one so far, but another kind of cinematities restaurant food challenge. And it wouldn't be a food challenge in the way that we talked about it before where you know you just have to eat one item or, or you know eat a, a lot of one item. I was thinking we could make this kind of like to play along with the movie and Tubby Took The, the like, uh, that's my boy marathon and, or maybe like a, like a a multi-event competition. And so I'm thinking of, you know, uh, everybody would kind of have to get together and it would be, you know, there'd be like a starting line type of thing and you'd have to go through different phases, maybe almost like a relay race if there we had enough people involved, but maybe it would start where, um, the first person has to drink a whole glass of orange juice while they're hanging upside down. And then when they complete that, the next team member has to make a 25-foot jump onto train tracks to save a burrito. And then the next team member would have to, like, I don't know, catch chicken nuggets in their pocket. Because we didn't even talk about yep. how they used to call Todd or Han Solo pocket nugget or whatever it was. And they would just fill his pocket with chicken nuggets. So that's what I was thinking. Like, let's just combine all these little things and make it like a, like an event in the restaurant, almost like the Olympics. Or, or a multi, you know, relay race, like I said. And there's even more I didn't write down that I think we've already mentioned we could just throw together of just, you know, okay, now you have to do this. Now you have to do this. Now you have to do this. And it's all weird, either getting food or eating food type of scenarios. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I well, are, there any, about- are there any I'm forgetting? I feel like we mentioned so much, but there's so much in this movie. I there's think the, <laughs> the, the, the
0: most blatant ones are the chicken nuggets. Yep. The orange juice. The omelet bar.
1: Oh yes. Oh, we and, could make people uh, shimmy across a ledge while holding two ice cream cones and a beer. Yeah, the, the ice cream cones. Oh, the, be- yes. I mean, the beer. The beer. The is its own thing. The beer oh. has to be its own thing. <laughs> okay. Okay. You How many order- beer bottles can you fit on your person or something? <laughs> yes.
0: You have the Donnie Burger like beer, like like a beer experience where you just order it and you're like, okay, where's my beer? Just open your pocket and you just open your pocket and there's a beer. You 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 pull one out of your sock out of your, like, <laughs> like, like a uh, pant pocket. Oh yeah. It's yep. that's one of the more inexplicable Cinematis items on the menu. Mm. But yeah, it's the Donny the Donny burger, a uh, be, uh, beer experience.
1: Okay. I like that. I like
0: that. <laughs> and I do think maybe we should also contract with bacon and legs for an omelet bar.
1: Oh, I, I, I love the name bacon and legs. I think that, uh, it should definitely be, you know, if not, you know, a part of the restaurant, uh, well, I guess we should say, once our restaurant is mobile, once it's a traction restaurant, we would eat bacon and legs, but keep it yes. intact so it's in the restaurant. Maybe before then we can, like, commission a kiosk from them or something. Um, that would be great. Uh, oh, yeah, that's uh, that whole omelette bar is fantastic.
0: <laughs> Remember, Rob, what's the secret to making a great omelette?
1: Orange juice upside down? I don't know. <laughs> he, <Tony laughs> he eating Orlando. it upside down?
0: Tony Orlando says, "Coming out of it, I must know the recipe." And Donnie says, "You can't buy everything, but just know the secret. It's like it's all what they use olive oil, not butter."
1: Oh, okay. There you go. Okay, right
0: that's on. our secret. That's our secret. The omelet bar, nice. olive oil, not butter.
1: Nice. the uh, The only other snack I had that didn't fall into the category of the event was that. Um, I think we've I think we've discussed it a few times. Where you know when people sit down uh, before they order their food, when they have to look through the giant menu and and parse what the hell any of it means, you know they're offered water. And I think it was a long time ago we talked about how we'd have, like, there was some fancy, like, sparkling-type water versus tap water versus, like, I think we said water from the – used water from the car wash at one point. <laughs> but but I was thinking we could give our customers the option be like, what kind of water would you want? And in addition to the options that we already have, we would ask them, well, would you want it with – like, what would you want your water infused with? Cucumber, rose petals, sandalwood, dip, yes! or balls? <laughs> No, 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 Rob. Or any combination of those. Rob, it's dick infused with balls.
0: (laughs) It's not dick or balls. It's
1: water. Why is it? thinking of giving them the option. And so they can mix and match. You know, if you just want cucumber and balls, you could do that. Or if you just want dick and rose petals, that'd be okay too. With a side of Rod Stewart's jizz. Exactly. I don't know how we're going to do that. That has to be
0: special order. You got to call ahead for the bet.
1: oh my god
0: (laughs) but yes remember there's also some other things we gotta do we need some girly shit Yeah, it goes without saying
1: yes more girly shit absolutely that'll um, that'll appease some people
0: right (laughs) i think so the dj the very monotone unenthusiastic dj that announces people yep love him um but yeah like it literally there there's so much from this there is uh, i think maybe we should even have a lunel or uh champagne oh god what's her name a oh, champagne i think we
1: have yes. champagne Ooh, yeah i don't think we have any uh, erotic dancers in the restaurant there you go <laughs> we have the <laughs> robocop dancer yeah that, that's interesting to say that after the girly shit we need more girly shit but we also need erotic dancers <laughs>
0: <laughs> you put the girly stuff out front then you, you keep
1: that stuff further in the back yeah yeah it's a it's a bait and switch for sure oh yeah Oh yeah, it's, it'll, it'll work. Oh God, this is insane. <laughs> Love this movie. Love this movie so much.
0: You know what we should have we should have an experience where um it's very rare. Like, it's kind of like the, the cinema's equivalent of uh, a solar eclipse. We ha- <laughs> okay.
1: we we get a king cobra and we feed it quaaludes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's
1: the only time anybody's ever seen a king cobra laugh, and I'm proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that line. That line hits hard. For it's some unknown reason. Like you're right. When you mentioned Wonder Shows in later on, it's like this is this is getting on some of those weird, absurd jokes. Like Wonder Shows in, and and Vernon Chapman pulls out, and it's fantastic.
0: It is. It's it's, it's there's something about this. I think that's another reason why it's a cinemodity, Is that uh, our is that this transcends an Adam Sandler comedy.
1: Yes, that's a, that's a really good way to put it. Because you know, like I've been saying, I think that uh, saying that it transcends that fits in line with everything I've been saying about how I never expected something like that from this film, from a film from him. And and it is, it's, it's, it's great to find and great to see. I didn't know it could happen, uh, you know, ever since all I hear about is grown-ups, Jack and Jill pixels and stuff like that.
0: I wonder, like, it has to happen. The pendulum has to swing the other way sooner or later. Like when, like, the politically correct stuff goes down the toilet again, like it did back like in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. I wonder if... Like movies like this, like we're like Wonder Shows, and it's always gonna be niche, that's always gonna be something that's gonna be underground. Yes, I wonder if there'll be a time when something like this gets re examined, being like, Yes, it's very crude, but there is a brilliance to this, and not not, like on a mainstream level, I don't mean that, but I mean like in the same way that people who like look at Speed Racer, the the Wachowskis film, Mm -hmm. and they're like, Oh. We ignored this because of Robert Downey Jr. wearing a CGI suit. <laughs> but like now like 10-plus years have elapsed. Maybe we should have appreciated the film that was ahead of its time and not just the generic cookie-cutter thing we've already seen a dozen times. At that point, never mind, we've seen a thousand times since then.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, jeez. I would love to do a series of of, of four Mondays, we do all the Matrix movies, and then Speed Racer. And just to discuss the transition of the Wachowskis from, you know, the sequels of the Matrix to Speed Racer, it's, it's such a good story. At this point, Rob and Zach began talking about the Matrix movies, including the upcoming fourth one. Somewhere in there, they forgot that they were recording, and never ended the episode properly. So here is some Ice Ice Baby in Reverse. (laughs)
3: I got <laughs> a la calle a mamar mi chiquito. Olvane, es que a los hombres, no mora. Hoy pasa,
2: Let's go!